Hi, everybody, and uh, welcome. Welcome, everybody. I hope you're all excited. Do you see who we have here with us? We have a very exciting guest to join us today as we bridge the gap. We have Mr. I'll be back, a very talented fellow with a very incredible career, and we are going to learn from his story. So welcome, Mr. I'll be back to bridge the gap. My name is Holden. Oh, man, thank you. Sorry, go ahead. Thank you for having me. I said thank you for having me. No worries. It is our pleasure to have you. Uh, my name is Holden Stefan Roy, and joining uh, us tonight is the Mr. Flacco Beo, who is going to hold it down and make sure that we guide this ship correctly through his infinite wisdom and knowledge. And alas, let me introduce to you to what Bridge the Gap is so you understand what we are trying to do here. I'm born and raised in Montreal, Quebec, and um, I, like many people, are not that were not was not necessarily ingratiated so deeply into the culture into a more recent time. And I am facing the current situation where when I try to Google things, there are not many things to find. So what we realized is that there are many of us, such as myself, that are in a place of ignorance. And we can talk to many wise minds like Mr. Abi Back, and you can help mm -hmm. us bridge the gap, sharing the knowledge nuggets that are associated with your life. And there are just a couple of things that are worth pointing out before we get into it. I've learned that you guys like to say this little phrase in the middle of the sentences that goes, nah, I mean. And whenever you're feeling that, you need to know that the answer is no, my friend. I personally probably will not know what you mean. It, it doesn't make sense to me. And that's why we're bridging the gap. And to give you further context, <clears throat> it goes as far as we have a person in Norway watching this. So if you think, I don't know what you mean, the people in Norway also want to know what you mean. And this is really to bridge the gaps across the world. One second. <clears throat> Sometimes you need the water. So with that being said, it is our pleasure to have you. Um, I do have like a, a little token first question I like to start with to get the ball rolling. If it's okay with you, I can ask that question and we can, we can start learning about your life. So uh, one time... And it's a bit of a lengthy question, so you have to bear with me a little bit, but it'll make sense when I get to the end. So one time my girlfriend's washing the dishes, um, and we're listening to that. She's listening to that Black Eyed Peas song that, like, I got a feeling. Ooh. And that shit's, like, it just slaps, right? Like, it's just a dancing. She's, like, dancing around. She's washing her dishes. And I had this, like, epiphany that, like, yo, this song. We used to be in the clubs to this song. We used to be in that circle, dancing with our dorky, dance to this song, drunk as fuck at 2 a.m. And then she's doing chores to it, you know? And it it's kind of like mom chore music now. And it made me realize that all the club bangers today, the bad and bougies, the everything that's, I don't know, that's not so much today, whatever. All, they're all going to be chore music one day because that's what people want to do with the chores. They want to dance around. They want to fuck around like that. They have a good time. And then I realized... It brought me back to being a youth because your musical journey, right? It's not like when you started getting into music. It's a little bit before that. When I was like five and stuff, my dad's is rocking this Led Zeppelin on these tapes. I have no control. It's his music. It's his choices. My mom has those little bootleg 299 disco knockoff tapes where we're listening to shitty versions of disco hits. Um, I remember Krista Berg and car rides and just these different influences and sounds that make up the soundtrack to my life before I had any say in the music in my life. And since you are such a prolific artist with such an incredible musical career, 
I have to know what is the sounds of like a five-year-old I'll be back what was the, f the the world that was going on was it the vinyls what what were your parents or whoever was around listening to maybe grandparents or siblings so if you could walk us through the landscape before it was in your control that would be a wonderful start well I'm from the South Bronx um I um grew up with a a, a father who was heavy he was in the streets, but he wasn't a drug dealer. He was just a, just around um, at all the things popping in the Bronx going on. And he played ball um, as well uh, in the streets. So he, he had his ear to the street, I feel, but he was um, passionate about singing. Um, he wasn't a singer, but he was passionate about it. He also could play the flute. And my mom played a lot of Spanish music, a lot of Hector Laval, a lot of, um, uh, how can we say it? Um, Hello. Can you see no, you're good, you're um, good. Yeah. Um, she uh, played a lot of Latin music, um, and then I had I had a lot of people in my apartment. It was 23 people in a three bedroom apartment, so there was just a lot of cousins and aunts and uncles and and. Uh, but I was in the middle of hip hop, so you know, born in 19. If, if you're saying when I'm five, that's 88. Okay. And 1988 in the South Bronx was, you know, um, it was all about hip hop. And I think, um, you know, I used to see Slick Rick just walk by in the in the in the in the courts, or I used to see, um, you know, uh, the Zulu Nation just uh, run right through the projects, or or there was there was a lot of um, there was a lot of uh, for me being five years old since my dad was an OG and nobody was fucking with fucking around with him um i was able to be in a lot of the park jams so i you know i witnessed dougie fresh djing in the park jams or you know um ron g or like just like just a lot of these um young hip-hop uh djs who are are the start of it i was watching them while they were young in the parks and in the and you know um eventually outwardly you know um but um, mostly in the park states to throw these jams, these big jams with these big speakers. And we didn't know it was hip hop. We didn't know what that was. We just knew it was a big party. So I got a chance to hear all that, all that hip hop stuff um, growing up. That's huge. Like we're like in the first question and you've already dropped some crazy knowledge nuggets that are just interesting. First of all, your dad plays the flute. Maybe it's not the best, but that's interesting, right? Because you're going to look at your dad. Yeah, yeah. He played, the flute. he played one song really well. He played that Chuck Mangione feel so good, um, really well, and um, and I think on and on the Rafael De La Ghetto album, I, I do a tribute to him toward with that song. But yeah, the flute is not an in easy instrument. But the fact is, you still saw him do that, and that gave you, a, I'm sure, at some subconscious level, that had to have been a little bit of an influence on top of everything else, right? Um, you said you lived with 23 people in, in in one place. Now, for you, that may be like a thing. For me, that is a baffling statistic. I'm born in 1987, right? So I'm also born in Montreal, Quebec, and I come from an apartment with like four people in it. So for me to hear that, I mean, I you, like, you know it's a thing when you come from where I come from, but you don't really often talk to people who actually live through something like that. So that's just kind of incredible. How, that that's like like when I heard it, it's just like that like because I know you have some social political messaging inside of your music, so I was just wondering if like you can expand on that a bit, what that's actually like. 
Well, if I, I mean, to expand on the duality of social, political, and 23 people in a three-bedroom apartment, um, yeah, it, it forced me to have a, to blame someone. Um, it forced me to realize this is not normal. It's not what we, what we're supposed to have. Uh, you know, just, you know, my mom was the master supreme ruler of everything in her room, you know? So her room became an, an apartment, right? And so it's like, don't go in my room or don't, you know, not that she would say that, but like, you know, to other people it was like, you know, or, or, you know, that was my juice in the refrigerator. There's only one fridge. There's only one bathroom. You know what I mean? So when you get to that space of, of frustration because um, you feel that your freedom is um, impeded on, it's not that, it's not that, uh, it's not that we didn't all love each other or that we didn't have all good times. It was that it was, we were up on each other a lot. So the arguing never got to a place where it was, Oh my bad, you know I should have said that. It was this. This is our last day, every day. You know what I mean? The way we talk to each other because we were so fed up. So I blame. I grew up blaming. You know the circumstance of of my my circumstance. I grew up blaming um, those that uh, facilitated and um, facilitated the 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 idea of a project of an idea of housing, the idea of, um, uh, you know, the brick and the asbestos and the, you know, I, all, all that, I, I grew up with a chip on my shoulder saying, these, these are not these people's fault. Someone put them there, you know? Um, and for them being Islanders as well, Puerto Ricans finding, not finding themselves because they're in a, they're in a limbo of not knowing who they are. Yet they are warm-blooded islanders trapped in this concrete-like forum. So, um, I, you know, I, I blame a lot socially on the, the the powers that be. Yo, I'll be back. Thank you so much for sharing that knowledge nugget right there because it is facts what you shared. It's, it's a real perspective that needs to be put out there. Um, I don't often get to hear things like that from people. So I know for me, it, it gives me a greater sense of understanding of what's happening in the world. I don't know for a lot of other people, but when you share things like that, it will also have a great impact on them. So again, I want to thank you for that because, you know, I know it's never fun to maybe discuss some of these things. Um, I'm here. I'm here for it. I'm alive. You know, um, there's a, there's a bunch of our friends and family members who aren't and they, um, they, that's what they want from me. Okay. So, uh, yeah, talk away, whatever you got. I appreciate you. I'll be back. But um, I was curious uh, to if we can uh, talk a little bit more about you as a youth still, because there's a couple more things to ask. Uh, were you interested in music off the jump then? Were you like dancing? Were you into the different elements? Yeah, yeah. Bobby Brown. Bobby Brown really affected my life. I think Biz Markey, um really affected my life um, in the 80s. Uh, Slick Rick changed, changed my world. Because and, and to this day, um, the art of storytelling, um, not the song or the album, the actual art form of storytelling is one that tickles my fancy. You know what I mean? Like, I really, I not only appreciate it, I look forward 
and toward toward to to, to or look forward and toward it. Um, Mona Lisa was one of the first rap songs I ever heard in my life. That I feel, it, I was in a pizza shop looking at this girl, um, and I was young. I, I had to be like first grade, and she must have been in first grade too. And I just remember her eating a pizza, or or she was waiting on a pizza. I just remember in the background that Slick Rick playing Mona Lisa and 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 then he's he's rapping. I'm like, damn, this so I remember saying, This sounds so good, like this person talking like this, and then going, and then he's like, I'll buy you a slice. You know what I mean? Um uh when he did that and it was in my vision, it literally felt like a POV mm. at five at five or six. So from then on, I fully understood that there's somebody that's going to be on the microphone and they're going to be telling you their story. And um, so Bobby Brown, um, you know, we would watch video music box growing up. Um, uh, there wasn't that much. There wasn't NWA. None of that was out yet. So everything we got kind of was just, you know, what we got from video music box and what we got from so let's, uh, the street. I I'm not a hundred percent certain I know what a video music box is, but you also shed a huge interesting thing. It never for you it might be kind of self evident. But like the fact that you're just sitting in a pizza shop and slick Rick yeah. is just playing, like that's crazy yeah, he's for me playing, to think about. He's playing like in as the an idea. Like like you gotta think about it. For you, that's normal. The idea that Slick Rick in its like infancy is playing in your pizza shop, sharing the music like that is like, wow, that is a fucking cool thing. Okay. That also, is another thing to point out here, and you'll, you'll get, as you get familiar with Albie and like his performing style, it's really interesting that he just named those three artists as, because Bobby Brown, Biz Marquee, Slick Rick, are all three great artists, but what they definitely have in spades above other artists is their performance. Their performance, live performance as artists is transformative. It's just another level that most artists don't really go to and get to go to. So for Albie to mention those three, like, I think that when people mention um, artists that are not like your typical, you know, you, you ask most hip hop heads, you know, like who influenced them and they're going to name, you know, the big, somebody out of the big five. Right. Right. But like to name people that are outside of that, like spectrum of the big five and name artists like Slick Rick, who's an incredible live performing special, special artist. Ed, he like, and, and it's not surprising that he saw him in his projects because i used to see slick rick in my projects and i, I mm -hmm. just feel like that is a testament to slick rick as an artist in the bronx how he used to get down going to all the projects to perform everywhere all over the bronx to get himself out there and his name out there biz marquis another artist that like like biz marquis one of those first rappers that you heard about having songs written for him but it didn't matter because those songs that he had written for them, nobody could perform them. Mm. You could get, you could give a hundred artists those same exact words that Bismarck he used, and none of them will be able to do what Bismarck he did because Bismarck he as an artist, like what he brought, is just another level, and it's that performance level again, live aspect that's like through the roof. And then Bobby Brown is just like a another, you know, like 
you know, for us, yeah, Bobby, Brown, Bobby Brown was essentially a rapper. I don't think people yeah. really looked at how much um, of the poetry that was in, you know, every little step I take or just the fact that he was dancing. In. And I think also his confidence, he always looked like he was um, happy, even if he, you know, I, he wasn't coked out. And then those days he was just young, energetic, you know, um, young buck, like a young buck just, you know, I'm mm-hmm. sure they drank and stuff like that, but he um he just look, always looked happy, you know what I mean. Uh, so yeah, those three. I mean, are in special ed. Um, uh, that changed my life. And D Nice. Um, I had a D Nice vinyl that I scratched into oblivion. And ironically, now that that's what he does. Um, but my name is D Nice. D Nice. My name is D Nice, and then you don't know how I did it. Pulling out his zucker, and you know, I, yeah, that was. That was that was a lot my, for me. My name is D Nice. My name is D Nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, I used to yes. put my, I used to put, I used to put my, I used to record tapes. You know, stop play, stop recording. When did you uh, um, play play when, and record at the when, same time? When were you doing that? And then I put it in my Teddy Rupskin, because Teddy Rupskin, you just put a tape in there, and then Teddy Rupskin was rapping Bismarcky all day. What's a Teddy? You know what Teddy Rubskin. I don't know what that means. You lost me. In yeah, a, Teddy, Teddy Rubskin was a bear that had a tape in his butt, and the tape told he talk, had you talk to him. So they already had pre-recorded lines to where you'd be like, "Hey, Teddy Rubskin, be like, hey, how are you?" And then he would be like, "Oh, I'm, I don't feel like doing that, like shit, like that." And it would just be recorded. But if you put another tape in there, he's rapping. You know, have you ever met a girl when you tried to date? <laughs> she wanted you to wait. And people was like, oh, my God. Or my CNC. You, my, my, my little nephew, my little cousin CNC, you know, where it just be like, you, you pull it down and be like, C is for cookie. D right. is for dog. I would take it right when it goes C. Z, 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 and record that. Are you yeah. saying you're doing so all like, of this at like six years old? Yeah, like six, I was, I was on fire. I was, um, it was music videos. It was Bobby Brown. I would, I would, I would take my my jacket off, half and just have no shirt under. Chubby kid, just still dancing. Um, dancing is all we have, brother. When when you look around, I mean, you know, I don't want to paint no picture right. that was that didn't exist. You know, I I, I love painting though, but. Um, <laughs> That, that's not what I want to do. The Bronx was bad. It wasn't bad every day. But where I was in Bronxdale, there was a lot of zombies, you know, a lot of zombies, a lot. You know, we wasn't scared of Freddy Krueger or Jason. You know what I mean? Um, these, these, they were, we had real life zombies outside. So um, dancing and, and skate key and, you know, um, basketball, you know, shit like that just kept our minds off of it. Mm. Honestly, I appreciate you sharing that still. I appreciate it a lot because, you know, people learn from this. And that's why it's super useful. That's why it's called Bridge the Gap. Because by going through your life and your experiences, because everybody knows that you're not trying to paint this global picture. You're just sharing your truth and your stories. And maybe if everyone yeah, does it now, you know, now everybody knows. That's what we're doing here. So maybe it's not a hundred percent out of time, but these are real things that you care about. So we care about them. Yeah. Well, I wish it, I wish it didn't exist like that. That's why I try to create a new world for my daughter, but it still exists. 
You know, there's still a, there's still, there's still places where the most famous person that the that kids have seen was a rapper, or the most influential in their life. They they don't remember anything else. They just remember when Cameron came through the projects and talked or sat down. That's that's what they remember, and they're like that. That's like that's that shouldn't exist, you know. And rappers are very, very influential and um, aspirational, and you want to be like them and stuff like that. But, but uh, that's that shouldn't even be a, an idea that oh my god, I got to see someone who writes words, you know, and rhymes them, you know. But that's how that's all we have going and where we from. Like we have nobody as a celebrity, you know. The presidents don't come to the Bronx. Yeah. I appreciate that. So again, thank you because this is useful, like for everybody. Again, um, but let's go back to your story a bit. Um, so you're already six and you're already lit as fuck. You've already probably accomplished more than some people may already, you know, do for the whole life. Like who? Nah, nah, six. No, but you turned a teddy bear into an instrument. I mean, like that's yeah. fucking banging, if you ask me. All right, I'm saying. I mean, he was definitely more advanced than me at six doing that. Yeah, I'm, I'm like sitting there six, with like a Super Nintendo, like I'm putting my raps on on a tape and putting it in the Teddy Ruxpin. Which, by the way, like a little bit of an exaggeration on the tape in the butt, you know, like you had to like unzip the thing, you know, and then. I'm just saying that that's still very like cool actually we have people commenting right just so you know there are people live watching like somebody was a little jealous that you got to have slick Rick in your pizza shop we have the homeboy cool man Logan watching and he's basically like that is a crazy childhood he wants to know what's going on there because you're such an interesting person and we are, we know that like you've had such an interesting oh, life well, there, there's more let's keep going I'm so yeah, excited for it so so, I mean, I don't really know how to pace it because your childhood already sounds litter than everybody else's. So what comes after this six-year-old experiences? Let's move along in your life that you want to share with us. Uh, I think my mom and my dad kind of broke up. But, you know, my, my, I had a baby sister. and um, I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't think, I think. I think when they when they broke up, crack and drugs were like hitting hard, you know. And you know, um, at that time we wasn't blaming the medicine, we wasn't blaming drugs, we were blaming the drug user. So we never we never looked in the middle of it. We're not looking at it like, um, oh, you're addicted and it's crack's fault. You know what I mean? It was you chose that. And so like there be there be moments where. You know, I have a name chain uh, necklace or something or my Nintendo or something, you know, it was there yesterday and then it's gone, mm-hmm. you know, and um, or I had a puppy, beautiful fucking puppy for like two days and then it gets sold, you know what I mean? Or, you know, um, so that happened a lot, you know, um, I, there was a lyric where I... Um, where I said, when you wake up and your games are missing, it's broken. Nobody was even playing with it. She said, I bought them, so I wish you never gave me shit then. And now my new system is in my mom's system. Um, like, those moments Ooh. were, like, clear for me. Like, I remember it for feeling disappointed uh, that, you know, my game is gone and not understanding 
that, you know, my dad needed a hit, you know what I mean? He, at that time, at that day, at that moment, he couldn't handle the pressures of life and he needed to smoke some, you know? And uh, so I didn't understand that then. Um, he didn't need it, of course, uh, but his childhood and everything he went through, it made him feel like he did, so. So, uh, so yeah, so right after that is eight. Uh, so just and, so you know, and, those lyrics, uh, it's all right, but why, why are you figuring right out that, that really quick? Eight, and we get to a place where we move to 161st in, 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 um, in Park Ave and over there where, where the, the Yankee Stadium is. And uh, Jeter's not there yet, um, but it got crazy. Um, and my dad, you know, had an incident with my mom where he's banging on the door and I'm, I'm, you know, running, you know, to call the police. I'm only eight. I'm holding my little sister in my hand. And, um, it was, that shit was, that shit was weird. It was weird, um, to me to see, um, you know, my hero not be so heroic or, or my mom not allowing my hero to speak. I didn't understand why he couldn't just talk and just get out what he was going through. So, you know, basically from there, uh, you know, I kind of gave up on joy and I just was playing basketball from, from like nine to, uh, I would say, I would say it was 15. And I know th there's a distinct date when I stopped playing basketball um, because that whole time my dad was so good at it that I was trying to, from from nine, from that big fight where the cops are called, I was trying to find his approval somewhere. And I didn't know any other place outside of basketball because everyone would compliment him on his game. So I worked really hard to play basketball, really, really hard. And he would never teach me. Uh, he would He would always say, you know, I can't teach you how to take an elbow. You either take an elbow and keep going or you don't. I don't, I don't know how to teach you how to do that. So from nine to 15, pause, I took a lot of elbows to the face and uh, worked hard at playing basketball. And did that, there was one fateful day um, where we were playing 21. And in New York, 21 is you can have 17 people on the court, every man for themselves up to a game of 21 and he was there he, he was playing and the ball bounced uh away from out of bounds and i caught it and he started guarding me and all my friends uh they all moved out the way and uh i beat him i went hard and we started playing one-on-one -on -one and before it was really like that movie he got game that, that movie makes me cry all the time but we fought on the court a lot of my friends was holding holding us back to make sure we finished the game. And we finished the game. I crossed through something crazy. And I screamed at him. I yelled, you know, and, and was like, you know, get the fuck off the court. I threw the basketball. Um, all the hard work that I was trying to do to prove to him how I was worthy happened on that day. And the next day, I went to play basketball and I broke my wrist. And I, I slipped and I was wearing a cast that whole summer. And Pun just so happened to blow up that summer in 1998. So I'm 15, Pun's blowing up. And so I'm on music videos 
with a cast on my arm and I would be a production assistant on these music videos. So yeah, my life changed hold on, hold on, hold on. from 8 to 15. It was all about basketball and trying to get my mind or trying to get, you know, in and, and school. I actually was able to finish at 15. Um, but when I broke my wrist, uh, that all changed. I never played again the same way or, you know, I might have played 10 times since then, uh, basketball, you know, um, since 15, I might have played like 10 or 11 times in my life. So it, it changed my life. Uh, and then I went to working on productions for music videos and Big Pun, who I lived with, you know, I'm working on his music videos. Hold on, did you say Big like Pun, who so, I lived with? You know, after that, I'm working on, I'm, I'm a production assistant on like Casey Jojo yeah. video. You're going super fast through this. Derailing this, having fun with it. I see you. Did I take that fast forward? Through the, the you years, fast forward through a bunch of exciting. Um, that's basically a lot of stuff. in a nutshell how it happened. You know, I mean, there's a lot of influence musically, Onyx and uh, uh, Ice Cube and uh, uh, Nas. You know, Nas changed my life. You know, uh, how he wrote. Um, Hope wasn't really an influence as much as Nas was. So, you know. And, uh, but yeah, that's just go quick fast forward. Cause we were like trying to say, did you live with big pun? Cause it seemed like you dropped that. And then you just like, we're bullying past everything I said. And I'm like, oof, I don't know. And then, uh, so yeah, yeah I'm so sorry. I couldn't hear, I couldn't hear nothing. It was on, I guess it was on mute. Honestly though, that yeah. was incredible. That is a great sound bit. Like at the end of the day, it's going to be fucking great to watch after. So I'm so fucking happy that that went down the way that it did. It's a great show so far. Thank you for fucking blessing us with a crazy emotional experience. I'll be back. You are wonderful. And I am loving every second of this. I hope you know. Yeah, that. there it goes. But so, I'm, I'm so, so, so sorry. I didn't, I couldn't hear you guys. Seriously though. So, yeah. But, okay, so we got it. We got to pause though, because you like blitzed, and there's a lot to like go back on. So like basketball, okay. that was incredible. I feel like we captured this yeah. big moment, and we all like grew with you. I swear, I fucking grew with you in that moment. It felt like I was part of a movie. I know you're an actor, so I fucking love the fact that you bring in that kind of beauty to this shit. It's so cool of you. Um, but yo, you we gotta like rewind back to the music side too, right? So I got some more questions before we go past to your big pun stuff and all that, right? So are you like actually interested in being in music at all at a young age, or is it just basketball? Oh wow, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. That that is a big that, <clears throat> in the sixth in the sixth grade, I lied to a girl about my age. <laughs> I was in the Bronx. Bronx, the Bronx is so fucked up that they had the sixth grade and the seventh grade class in the same room, learning the same shit. Okay, <laughs> you know what I mean. And so, and so, she, no one asked. I was just tall, so they all assumed I was in the seventh when she was in the seventh. So I lied to her about my age, um, and she goes, um, and then uh, I'm talking in the back of the class, right? And um, and the teacher goes, Mr. Daniels, you're going to stop talking in my class. And I go, if I stop talking, how are they going to hear me? And everyone goes, oh, right? And the teacher goes, oh, okay. Oh, you think you're funny? He goes, 
you know what? We're going to separate the sixth grade and the seventh grade into two groups. <laughs> so I was like, no, you know what? I'm good. I'm, I'm you weren't ready. Right you weren't ready. He's like, he's like, nah, nah. He's like, nah. And we're going to do it in alphabetical order. So my name is Albert Daniels, right? I know I'm coming in early, right? So he's like, so he's like, he calls my man Alan first, right? And I go, oh, man. And then he goes, Albert Paris. He goes, Alberto Paris Daniels. And I go, there's no toe, you know? <laughs> right? And I can't even believe he said the middle name. When he says this great, everyone went. So I immediately stood up. As soon as he said it, right? I said, not soon. I gave it a good beat. And I said, oh, you telling me I got left back? <laughs> That's amazing. No, no, no. For real, that is good. So, so he goes, That's some smooth Bronx shit right wrong there. With you? Like, he doesn't say that, but he's like, what is wrong with this kid, right? So he goes, okay, well, we're going to go get your records from downstairs. Now, he's being a dick with me back and forth, right? And he goes, who can go downstairs to get... Um, Alberto's records, right? And he sends, you know, my new wife, you know, um, Jessica Ann, we called her. We called her Jessica Ann because she would say Ann at the end of every sentence, which would conjunction every fucking sentence. So she went, I'm going down downtown and I'm doing this and, 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 right? So it just so happens that when she, when she does that, she goes, he, he sends her and she goes, he goes, all right, Alberto, you can't participate in this sixth grade, seventh grade challenge because you don't know where you are, right? He says, so here's this paper and here's this pencil, write something. You know, he goes, write a poem, where, write where you're from, you know? And uh, Jessica Ann came back with the principal because she ran into the principal by, by mistake. I have no idea why. The principal was showing people around, like trying to get sponsor money or whatever the fuck. And he comes in and tells her to sit down. He goes, Mr. Daniels, we'll get your records at another time. You know, for now, just write what you continue to write. So I just, I wrote a poem called Out the Window. And it was about how I got left back and got punished. And all I could do was look out the window, you know, cause I'm punished. And then I said it in the, in the, in the class and they stood up. They all gave me a standing ovation. I just, and it was just to keep the lie alive, right? Um, and uh, from then, I was known as the poet in the school. And I would just write. I was just writing poetry. And Albert Hernandez hooked me up with my mentor, who is my father these days. Um, I'll be doing Oye Wole from The Last Poets. And oh, he shit. came to my school to teach poetry. And from sixth grade up until last week, I've talked to him almost every week, you know what I mean? Or if not every other week of, of my life. Um, he's He mentored me from there to the point where I, I was so in tune with words and literature and, 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 how to, and how to learn that I was able to skip seventh grade. I'll so be. me, and, so me, and, me, and, me and Jessica actually was in the eighth grade together. You know I'll what be, I mean? I'll be part of the reason why I wanted you to sit down with Holden is because you have such a rich uh, history, family, um, uh, role models that you had around you.
from young that they saw something special in you and you need to uh, now educate the world, right? Like, let's pretend people don't know who the last poets are. And let's yeah, give lot, them a little mm, bit of an education. Even, even I'm kind of guilty there because I know who the last poets are and I missed that one. Good call, Flacco. Yeah, well, the last poets, the last poets are are essentially the ones who created rap. There were no, there were no poets doing poetry over drums. That didn't exist. People would people would read their poem, they get their glasses, and have a stand, and recite literature. You know, the last poets are the first poets to do poetry over the drum, and to have a and to have Felipe who was a Latin, Puerto, a Puerto Rican man in the group and never really called him a Puerto Rican poet. He was just a poet. Right. And um, uh, Umar, um, Abi Adun, which is my my pops, and Baba Tunde, which is the drummer. Um, and um, uh, uh, and two other, there were two other members as well. Um, and they were the first poets to do poetry over drums. Um, and... They, they gave us poets like when the revolution comes, you know, which was a, which was a really big piece back in those days. You know, when the revolution comes, niggas would be party and bullshit and party and bullshit. Um, later, that becomes Biggie's first um, ever um, single that he put out into the ether of the world. So, you know, the part the, the last poets were literally um, our our origin. Ironically, they're the last poets. And they were the first. Um, but um, yeah, I was able to be at his house every Sunday. He would cook for the all the poets in the community and just taught me how to be a better writer and a better man. So, yo, you know what's also doubly important about what you're saying there is it shows the power of the other side of the coin. What happens when you choose to take your skills as somebody maybe on the older side of the spectrum and give back to the youth? and to take your time and your talent and to share that knowledge with people and to make sure that, like, that's the bigger knowledge nugget to me. You benefited from this, but look at your life and look what you gained from the interest of somebody taking and, and looking for you, you know, and making sure that you got that support that you needed. So thank you so much for sharing that because I think that is a crazy big one. Yeah, I think a lot of us, if we close our eyes, um, and really meditate on it. I think a lot of us will see angels that came along in our childhood. It's just maybe we didn't take them seriously or take them on, mm, you I know? Like you and that. I did. That's all. I just took advantage of the angels that were there for me. That's a beautiful way to put it. So during this basketball phase of your life that you blitzed through earlier, um, are you also... Doing the rapping thing, the poetry thing, or you still yeah, just the poetry, just being a poet, but not really telling anybody. It wasn't cool to be a poet, so right. um, so, it wasn't cool. Yeah, I appreciate that too. I feel like poetry still is on its way to coolerness. Like people don't necessarily reckon it's not like where it's at. It should be in terms of cool points. Like I feel like it's still on its way there. I love poetry. I think it's like an amazing thing. I mean. You look at so many great artists and they like I don't know how many people have actually looked at Tupac's poetry book, but it's an insanely beautiful piece of words put together. Like a friend of mine recently released a poetry book, but I don't feel like 
these things get like the love of most other things from my purview. Maybe my purview is limited, but that's why I expressed the idea. I saw some confusion. Shouts to shouts shouts to Dama Nails. Uh, anytime I see her face, or if I see something that says Dama, I say shout outs to Dama Nails. Um, no matter where I am, you are so beautiful and so amazing and so rich in talent. I could talk to you for hours. Shouts to Dom and Dom. Yeah, that's a that's a sister to the show. Oh, man, she's ever for life. Yeah, she's that wonderful. Is, that's somebody I'll bleed for. Facts. Shouts to Dom. Love y'all, man. Love y'all, love y'all. 1,000%. You know, you know what? You know what? You know what Dom has that not too many rappers have, let alone female rappers, um, which I always thought she could even name her album, was Audacity. Hi, like, she has the audacity. She has facts. the fucking audacity. To, to like whatever's in that brain is going to come out. You know what I mean? And um and I and I love that she has such a I don't love that she has a dark past, but she has such a dark past that gives her this edge of I've seen everything. You know what I mean? And she has the audacity to let you know. So really facts. quick break on big, giving big her facts. her flowers because big, I love big her. Facts. And in big, case big y'all, she's gonna are, be on the show soon. Yeah, I was about to say, like, We're yo, you're setting us up soon. right now. That's some fucking two uh, Saturdays from now shit is gonna be Dama and then her album's also dropping on fucking Valentine's Day. And it's single, the single's dropping on Valentine's Day. Single's dropping, my bad. Whatever. The stuff's coming. It's gonna be Fuegos. I'm not I haven't prepped for that yet. That's prepping. I was busy with I'll be back this week. But uh, yo, straight up, she's she's incredible. Like when he says audacity, incredible. I'm watching her on the Zoom. She's like, yo, I want to start this thing. And yo, all these other reviewers, they just fucking lie to me. I'm telling you straight up, if it's fucking trash, I'm going to tell you straight up, it's fucking trash. And like that passion just starts building on the passion that starts building. And I'm like, yo, Dama's the Nothing like her. Dama, the real Dama shit keeps ever. it a thou thou. Dama definitely is not like the type of person. And audacity is a great word because Facts. you know what? She does. Like she, she's been the type to like stand in the middle of like Nem's poison pens and like these dudes that are like, me? Giants, giants to men, right? Those dude, those dudes are giants to men, and she'll stand right there with them. Like, wait, what do you, what do you mean? Of course, I belong here. I'm supposed yeah. to be here. Oh, <laughs> what yeah. do you, what do you, wait, you know? And she, that's her energy at all times. Even when we created our doo-wop band, that was her energy. And let me tell you something: flawless doo-wop band, three O record. Big ups, Damo. Yo, big big up stamina. And let's up. also, while we're on the subject of flowers, shut up Flacco Bale. He is holding it down every single time. Shout out to Dutch Vega. He's on my album, man. Rapping on my album. That's incredible. You know, I don't think there's anybody, I mean, outside of just James and and um vice versa. But um I all of EO dubs are my they're my brothers and sisters, but I have no songs or any of them. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, um and Dutch. I finally got a I finally got a Dutch Vega joint. He sent me this record, and I was like, "Oh man, I gotta destroy this!" And I, I sent it back. What the next day? Very next day. With a with a music video attached. With to it. A, no, with a music video. Yes, you had a music video. <laughs> yeah, but um, all right. So yeah, let's get back to it. No, nah, like, thank you it. for that. I just had to also just say it without Flacco Bear, we wouldn't. That's what even... makes Albie so special, man. He, he always is. gives everybody flowers. He's such a Beautiful, beautiful person, man. 
he's not somebody like before it was in style to give flowers. Albie was the type of guy to be walking around New York City giving people flowers. You know, like shout out to vice versa. Anybody that I've talked to that does know you will say the same thing so far. So in my little research, I was like astounded by the love that came, not astounded, but like, you know, in general, like you can see there's a difference between people who are fans and people who appreciate the sincerity of a soul. And you got a lot more of that second category than the average person would normally get, you know, when I'm looking into it. So that's fucking cool. Um, but yeah, I uh, just wanted to say thanks to Flacco yep. for setting this up and shit because that also has to be said because yo, that's a big thing. And thank you for coming through. But let's go back because you dropped. Did big... we wrap up the last poets? Yeah, we just about. Uh, no, there's no, there's no wrap up the last poets. It's still going. You know, we're about to do a documentary hosted by Dave Chappelle with them in full Pixar cartoon, so all the wow. poets are on stage at Whoa. once. We're about to do a bunch of shit with the last poets. The last what? poets aren't stopping. And and when we shoot that movie, there's a trailer. There's a series of trailers that I will be a part of shooting. Um, Common's going to play Abby Adun. Um, Black Thought's going to play Umar. Um, uh, it's a movie about sampling and getting sampled. It's a, it's a really epic tale. And I will be using my contemporaries. I will be using Dominoes. I will be using Ox. I will be using my brothers. I, you know, I really feel like that about the big screen. People really don't understand it. Um, it really is all opportunity. It really is. I swear to you. If I could tell you anything about the big screen, it really is all opportunity. If you give that woman over there a couple block, a couple boxes away from me, you give that woman over there, she in Texas, you give her the lights and the camera, you give her a script and you, you put her on a show, she's going to nail it I because agree. there's so much practice that you get to do as an actor. You get a script, you get to practice in the morning, you get a dress rehearsal, you go back to your trailer, you can practice, you come back on scene and there's 80 takes that you're going to do. Mm. You put you put one of us uh, in any of that, we're going to thrive. You know, right. and so when I get a chance to really be the be the placement, I'm gonna put my people in. You know what I mean? Um, so the last sports are not stopping. We're doing a film this year on them and a documentary. I, and, I um, certainly so. know that that's not what Flacco meant when he asked that question. No, I know. Oh, but that was oh, so fucking incredible. Meant, yeah. What no, the no, fuck, no. my guy? I love what you just did. You're, I'll, yeah. die, I'll die on that hill. I'll die on that hill every time just to get that information that we just got. Right. Yeah, oh, yeah. my gosh. That, that was the most... Like, yeah, wow. Yeah, sure. That's what I meant. Did you, like, my, my, on my side, is like, they're like, what what the fuck, dude? You just, like, came... And some guy jumped on the stream as you were saying that, too, and I'm like, that's a time to come on the stream. That's a time to fucking show up, right? Like, as you're... Like, thank you for, for dropping that. That's fucking cool. Yeah. I would personally watch the shit out of that because that sounds like a great experience. Oh man, it's called party and bullshit. It's 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 it's, it's really crazy. But get get let's keep going. No, but this is still good, man. Like this is this is all good. We're all having a good time. Um, so I so when you said pun right, and I'm I'm not gonna lie, I can't yeah, help big it. You pun. like you like snuck that in real quick, but like I'm not gonna yeah. miss you. You living with big pun, no. living with was the the word he chose to use, and I'm pretty sure he's very deliberate with his words. So, uh, how, what is that like? A, like you li lived with Big Pun? Is that what you said? Yeah, man. Yeah, he took me in. He took me in like a little rug rat from the streets and just saw something in me that I don't think um, 
he saw in anybody else. I, you know, I got a chance, man. I got a chance to be with him during different different moments of anybody else in the world. And tomorrow I'm supposed to be talk, talking about it on Clubhouse. Today, today is um, my 21 year anniversary. Um, 21 years ago, I called him and was saying, yo, yo, I'm coming over. You know what I mean? Like, where the fuck are you? You've been gone. Like, he was down south. And um, he's like, yo, I'm here. But the house is being renovated. We're in the hotel. And he goes, but don't worry. I'll be back later. Like, you know what I mean? And he goes, oh, shit. That's dope. I'll be back. That's your name from now on. And, and then he died the next day. Um, so I've been, I'll be back uh, since February 6, 2000. And so, uh, you know, just living with him and being like his little run, go for, you know, and just, or being in the music videos and taking care of him, or I was able to be around these different moments because I was 15 and everyone around him was either super young or super grown ass man. So he treated everybody different than he treated me. He treated me like a sponge that needed to soak up some game because he felt, you know, he felt he was gonna pass away. He felt he was gonna die. So I was able to just be around like moments where he was frustrated with, with everyone, you know? I mean, friends get frustrated with each other. So me saying Pone was frustrated with Joe or, or Cuban or whatever, that's no big thing. We all get frustrated with each other. But I was there because I had to take care of him, you know what I mean? Or hold the clothes or this and that. So I, I was able to listen to uh, the, the, an artist that is on the rise, on fire, and all of his complaints and all of his worries and all that. I was able to soak that up and see that. So he, um, he just, he loved me, uh, you know, until, until that day, until Rap City. And then... He just loved me in a different way. I don't know what that means. I'm not going to lie to you. Oh, yeah. Rhapsody. I don't know if some people know the story or not, but Rhapsody in the basement. Do you know what Rhapsody is being in Canada? No, I have like, but let's just, let's just go with no. <clears throat> All right. Rhapsody, Rhapsody was a show that we had after school where music, they would show music videos, but there was also another element where there were different hosts that would go into the city and interview Sammy, what's up? That in the interview, I love the way she wears her beanies. It's too much, Sammy. You're you're a walking emoji. I love it. And so, you know, he goes, uh, uh, Rap City would interview people, rappers in their city, and they would go to the city and then uh, kind of interview people. And Pun had a pool hall, and in Pun's pool hall, he had a pool hall slash. Um, can you guys hear me, see me? Yes, sir. Can you hear us? He had a pool hall slash arcade that he built for the kids in the community in Bronx, in, in the Bronx. And it was uh arcade. He wasn't making much money from it. It was an arcade slash um, barbershop slash pool hall. And, you know, the niggas hung out. It was right down the block from Steppins. And so Rap City came. Shouts to Parkchester. Shots to So Rap City, is anybody following this story? Because it's yes. the most embarrassing story in my life. No, we're following no, it. You're good. This, you're I, doing great. I really don't want to tell that. But you're really, doing wonderful. We really appreciate you. Yeah. So then 
So then I'm, I'm there, I'm cleaning up. And Kate was cleaning the basement and like clean our clean the hair and shit like that. And so then Punt calls me over. He goes, you're stupid. Come here. Right. And, um, and so I was walking over to him and I could see it for the first time. A big camera. You know what I mean? Like, like this is not the camera we got on the block. You know what I mean? And I'm walking toward it. Like this, I know it. I can feel it. This is the first time I'm gonna be on TV, and I've never felt that I wasn't going to be on TV. You know what I mean? So me walking to it is like I'm soaking it in. This is the first time. This is it. Just walking, and then every step I'm saying, just be honest, right? <laughs> just, <laughs> just be honest. That's all you gotta do. Is be you were telling yourself to be real, keep it real. You were like, keep, keep it, it real. real, keep it real, bro, keep, keep it, it real. That's what you it don't is. Do One thousand. Right keep it real. This is your moment. So then Joe Clear goes, "Yo, what's your name?" And I go, "Kidnapper." Right, because Pun used to call me Kidnapper. That was my rap name. And then he goes, "Who's your favorite rapper?" And I'm telling you, as clear as I'm standing here, I don't even think he finished the word R at the end of rapper. I don't think he breathed at all. I didn't breathe. When I immediately, immediately said, Nas. <laughs> Nas. <laughs> Nas is the, yo, Nas. Like this, like not, not, Nas. No, Nas, Nas, I mean, did you hear what he said when he said, I peep you fronting, I was in the Jeep, sunk in the seat, tended with heat, beats bumping? And everybody looked at me like, you fucking idiot. Why the fuck would you say Nas? The cameras are here for pun. Do you have anything nice to say about pun? <laughs> <laughs> I was such a fan of Nas, bro. I had to keep it a thousand, bro. And um, and uh, so there was moments like that, you know. And then he later that night wrote "Brave in the Heart," uh, which um, which is one of those records where he kind of takes a jab and a shot at Nas. And I'm watching him write it, right? And he goes, "Brave in the Heart," playing the part, futuristic rap, state of the art. Taking these young cats past the start. First, it was nasty Nas. Now, watch me turn this apple into Macintosh. And I yell, like, no, what are you doing? Because I know if Nas was to ever battle Punt, it wouldn't have been good for Nas. Nas wanted to, Punt wanted to be Nas so bad. He wanted to be the thug poet, the street poet so bad that um, he was ready for all the smoke. And I just, here's his little cousin, um, you know, giving Nas his flowers on, you know, on his camera time. He took that man personally. Uh, so I was able to be around stories like that. I was, that's how Im embedded I was. And I used to be, I used to be the first one on stage. Like when the, like when they come, like when they're about to go on stage, and before you hear doom, 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 I would run on stage with Big Pump Platinum t-shirts. So when people saw me, they saw the t-shirt, but they cheered for me. 
and he saw what that did to me, you know, and he let me go. To be fair, they had every right to be really upset at you. <laughs> every right. <laughs> every right. And My life changes if that. I don't do some stupid shit like that. You know that, right? If he doesn't do that, if I don't do that, if I don't say Nas, and I don't get the, there's not that awkward silence, it never gets cut. So we get to see it right now where I go, pun. And then pun goes, dead in the middle of little, 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 did we know to be middle, the middle man? We would do that together right there. Because that's what we used to do. But I was just too much of a fan, bro. I just, Nas was everything. Yo, that was an incredible story. I'll be back. And I'm so grateful that you chose to share it in this moment because it was both entertaining but a powerful educational lesson because, yo, I'm about those knowledge nuggets. So I know you do you teaching us. And I felt that teacher moment. The big teaching moment is is understand. Uh, it's actually the first law of power or whatever. You know, never outshine the master. So in that moment, you effectively outshine the right. master because you put somebody else on a pedestal at a moment where you're supposed to put the mans up. And you just in a very entertaining anecdote that like a how'd you rap like three times like that was fucking fire that is like you you were like designing a youtube clip almost it was fucking so cool to watch your brain work as you put that story together in real time and like <laughs> just fucking make it happen like that that is impressive like you are an amazing guy i love the fact that you're like doing this moving like fucking like repositioning the camera every single time <laughs> Like, it is awesome. You're an entertaining hey, and great guest. Hey, man, that was the first episode. That was the first episode of When Keeping It Real Goes Wrong. That uh, was the first. Big facts. No, Dama, big I know Dama's like, I know Dama's like, it didn't end there. I know you guys like, it didn't end there. Because it did. I actually, the motherfucker, he convinced me to box. You know, there was gloves in there and stuff like that. So he goes, right after that, like a couple hours after that, he goes, he goes, stupid. Um, fight this, fight this dude. Put, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, you know, throw the hands. And I'm like, nah, you know, big softy, right? And he goes, no, do it. You're not gonna just be kicking it with us and you can't fight. You know what I mean? And he's like, plus he's mad small. Like, Pun was able to talk your socks off without removing your shoes. You know what I mean? He could talk, he could talk you into anything. You know what I mean? So he made me believe that I could beat this guy up. This guy, yo, skinnier and smaller than Flacco. He was Flacco's Flacco. <laughs> That's funny. But his resume read Golden Gloves, fucking <laughs> WB something something, right? He was a real boxer. Yo, yo, I never in my life went to sleep where it wasn't my idea. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> the nigga went do 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 and I went shaboom and I went night night. I woke up and niggas was just laughing. I woke up from niggas laughing like yo you up yo wake up y'all woke up to them dying. He hit me with the boom 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 real quick and I just remember going black. I remember it like the end of a movie. You know um Damn. And then surreal. right after that, we went to the studio and I heard Brave and Heart. So that whole day was a doozy for me. I didn't get to be on TV. I got punched. I got knocked out. And then not. And then Big Pun took a shot at my favorite rapper. That's that that that's one of the great 
fucked uh, up days of my life. Well, that's one the of the great, great fucked up days. You know, if if you if you didn't do what you did, though, you know, also, you know, we wouldn't have gotten that close to having the war. And that's all that we used to want back then was we you used to want to when you were a kid, right? You used to play with your G.I. Joe's and you what would you do? You'd put like your G.I. Joe up against your other G.I. Joe, right? And they'd have mm. to fight. All right. Your favorite G.I. Joe's, they got to fight. That's mm. the way that we are. That's the way that that's men true. are trained to be is, oh, nope. these are my yeah. favorite things. Now my favorite things have to fight to the death. I'm not going to lie. And, like, as and, wow. and essentially, no, no, but yes. and essentially you like push the right button to to get pun to be like word word i turn this apple to tell a you another story he kept that he kept that same energy he kept that same energy john blaze remember if i don't know how many of you guys remember john blaze with pun and and uh nas jadakiss uh, raekwon and fat joe i don't remember any of this this is a record Fat Joe's album is called John Blaze and it has Nas and Paul. John Cartagena is the Fat Joe album and it's John Blaze. Okay. And John and, and 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 Nas wrote his verse, sent it in, heard the rest of the song, heard Pun's verse, and decided to change his verse. Said, nah, don't put that out yet. Let me let me redo it. And that was Pun's championship ring. If nobody, if anybody wants to know if Pun ever felt, got a chance to feel like he was a winner, you know, because he died so early in the game that he didn't really get a chance. Um, that was it right there. Mm. That was the first time that Pun felt he was the greatest of all time. That was the first time where Nas sent in another verse. He was like, he used to go tell Joe, he said in another verse because he heard the rest of the song crack. That's why he heard. Even if I stuttered, I was still sh sh shit on you. That's why I'm the greatest ever. And that was that was that day. I seen that switch from there to you couldn't tell him nothing. Um, My God, that is so incredible. Nas was he was able to beat Nas in his small way, and um, still very devastating for me. I was on that video shoot. I was at, I was there. Everybody was there. Big L. Everybody was there. So I was I was wow. just a little kid. Um, I watched one of the biggest ciphers of all time. Uh, Big L, you know, Drag, Kiss, Styles, uh, Joe, Pun, Cuban, Big Daddy Kane, G Rap, Nas, Nori. Um, uh, they all were ciphering. It was Joe's birthday, and Joe asked for it, and everybody spit. And yeah. if you were there, you were there. I saw the whole thing. I was, you know, Pun had a blue fatigue uh, suit on. You know, I, I I used to drive the six hundred Benz. I was only fifteen. I used to drive his Benz. Um, wow. Yeah, it was it was you an just, exciting time. You, you drove his Benz. Yeah, yeah. He's a, I used to I used to park it across. I remember the first time I drove it. He go. I, I was asking to ride the scooter. And I was like, yo, can I ride, let me ride the scooter just around the block, my nigga. And, he's, and he tossed me the band's keys and he said, park that first. And he said, if you fuck this shit up, you, you're going to get hurt. And I, I ain't drove yet. But the the Benz was so easy to drive. It was so, 
I understood it because I had Need for Speed and I had the actual steering wheel for the video game. So I understood the left and the right and the gas situation. So I was able to park his car. Real um, quick, bro. Did you do, hold on, quick. hold on. No, so, I got it. Yeah. He just, he just said that he learned to park the car off a of Need yeah. for Speed. Parents, Need video for games Need are wonderful. Because I'm not going to lie. Yeah. yeah. Need for Speed helped me get my driver's license. So I'm going to say that's a shared experience. Yeah. It really did. That specific series. Because it teach because it was kind of realistic enough to give you a sense of how and we all had those like shits, the wheels, and whatnot. We got the sense of how it all worked. Wow. First of all, thank you. We're getting some fucking love in the comments for real. But yo, I, I hate to do this. Is it alright if I just go run and take a quick washroom break? And then if you can just hold yeah. it down, Flacco, because I want to we'll, give you my full I'll, undivided I'll attention. No, because he said, um, go ahead, go ahead, yeah, cool. and I got you back. Yeah, 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 you, you, you said something, Albie, that like I think you kind of glossed over. So you said that for Big Pun's birthday, they were shooting the video for John Blaze, and the cipher was Big It was everybody who was on Fat the Joe's song. birthday. Fat Joe's, okay, Fat Joe's birthday was when they filmed the John Blaze video. Yeah. And at that video shoot, you had all the people on the song, right? So Fat Joe, Big Pun, Raekwon, Nas, Jay. They all spit. They, they all spit. spit. In the but and then on top of that, you had Dragon, you had Mac Ten. Mac Ten. You had Nori. Nori. You had um Big L. Big L. Um uh uh Ghost Styles. Face. Styles P. Uh, Styles P was there, Ghost was there. Um uh, that footage. Uh what? Yeah, Mike Geronimo. There was just there was just a there, it was it was packed. It was in Brooklyn. It was Joe's birthday. I remember I stepped on his Tim's and had a big black scuffle to just oh. fresh out the box Tim's. Oh my god. Yeah, like that. Big Daddy Kane also was spitting. G Rap was there. Um, Lord Finesse was there. Um, it was a big cipher. It was one big cipher. It was a circle. It was. It was. It was such a big cipher that they kind of had to project and yell their verses. That's crazy. It was. It was. It was literally that. He literally said for my birthday. He was talking. He was talking about. He was. He had like a like a hip hop meeting. He's like, yo, you know, this and that, and this and that. He was, Joe was being the dom. And in the middle of that, he said, yo, please, my birthday, I want all you to spit. And then everyone spit. And I, I was sitting there just watching. I was right next to Big L the whole time. You were right next to Big L the whole time that he drops like the, oh, the super knowledge nugget at the end right there. Like, not only was it all of this incredible epicness, but on top of that, once again, I'm being a knucklehead, and I'm not standing next to Pun. I'm standing next to Big L. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'll see Pun when, he, when we get home. So I, I, I didn't look at it. Yo, one time we got home, we, we, we it was a Triz, Triz music video, and I drank. I was drinking shots with him on the way, so I was drunk as fuck at 16. You remember, bet your man can't do it like that. Can't work the middle because it's thing too little. That that video. So we're on our way there, and I'm drunk as fuck, right? So I sleep during the video. I throw up. I'm, 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 I don't even know what this feeling is. It's a fucked up feeling. I never felt this before. 
So I'm so I'm throwing up and I sleep throughout the video. So there, therefore, at twelve o'clock at midnight, I'm up, right? But they're just getting started. It's a music video. These niggas are gonna finish at five in the morning. So I'm up. So I stood instead of going home because I had school in the morning. But I was graduating early. So so senior year, I only had like a class or two, right? I had to go to homeroom. I take pun home. I'm the only one with him, right? So I had to grab the, the, the jewelry, the this, the that, right? And so he's sleeping in a thing, and I'm, I'm, I put the chain on. I'm in the mirror. I'm rapping in the limo. I'm the, 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 it's like a, a limo bus. And I'm rapping in the mirror, and I'm looking at myself, and I'm saying, this is you. You got this. This is your life now. Like, you know what I mean? And uh, I walk him into the house. It's like 536. The sun is rising. And I said, oh, shit, I got to go to school. And he's like, just take the limo. What? Big pie. Baller. What? No, no, no. No, no. I'm rushing. So I forgot that I still had his chain on. Oh, nigga. Shit. I went to school with the Jesus piece and the limo, blood. It's too much. It's, that was too much, bro. That was it. That that's, was the day. That's another that was level day. of epic. Yo, that changed my life forever with women. I've who never... Did you, who did you... Real quick, you know what? A, a question to add, right, to this situation. Who did you... Right, you were in high school, I would imagine. Who did you go to school with? What high school did you go to? Yeah, that's a what, great question. What... I went to Kennedy. <laughs> I went to John F. Kennedy High School. There was nobody else rocking except me. I mean, there was this kid named Newton... There was um JC Mathis who 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 played ball. He wanted to play. Um, but Kennedy, Kennedy, Washington Heights, it was a Washington Heights zone school. So Ken Kennedy was 60% Dominican. Mm -hmm. And so it was just mad that they had their own floor. So yeah, no, I mean that would be like Manny Ramirez went to what was it? Um uh, George Washington, I think. Right. Right. We had a my school had a rivalry with that school with the baseball teams, and um, yeah. so yeah, the, if nah, it was so mostly Dominicans. You would probably have a lot Dominicans. of athletes, a lot of so baseball I, players. I, I was at home. They they punch my cousin. You're done. Nobody's 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 me. beating that. Nobody's beating. Yeah, that. I you were the man. You were the man at school. No, for that year, the year before, I wasn't. I was a junior and I was 14, and there was mm -hmm. nobody was fucking with me. But then you became you know what I'm 15. Saying? So it's like, it's like, it's like uh, when I turned 15, there was a note that was passed. Don't take the 15 year old to the prom. I know fucking, fucking fuck faces. And so that day when I was, when, when Pun allowed me to bring the fucking, well, he didn't allow, yeah, look at the phone fell when I said that. He didn't allow me when I accidentally took the chain to the fucking, to school, that's when I saw women change, girls. I saw girls look at me different. And that changed my perspective on women. That From changed your perspective on life. On, you understood. You understood in that moment. You understood the well, great, the great uh, factor of life, which is, you know, like women, fam. This is, this is the most important thing right here. Women. Right. Impressing these people is way right. more important than impressing my guys. Well, my guys. Well, 
Yeah, but, no, I, I I was never about my guys anyway. But 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 my thing is like, but my thing is like, it hurt me, bro. It hurt me. It was like, oh shit, you don't give a fuck. You don't care. I, you gotta understand. From one to fifteen, I thought everything I did was gold. And then you turn fifteen, and somebody looks at your gold, and it's not your gold. They're looking at gold, and they're looking at the gold. They're not looking at you. They're looking past you, and that shit hurt like hell. Serious, I, I felt invincible, I, and that then I felt invisible. Um, uh, so with with that, I stood close upon and stood close to the church, and I would just go to church, and it was, it was like I was like an uber Christian, like I was a youth pastor at sixteen, because I literally was like, there's something deeper other than um, the surf, the surface shit. It had, there is something deeper. So started studying Christianity hardcore and then um, Pundas. And, uh, you know, um, you know, tomorrow's the anniversary of 21 years of it and uh, changed my life forever, you know? Um, you know, people, people look at my career and stuff a certain way, but if you look at my career and then you add pun still alive, I think my career is a little different. Um, so I mean, I have a, I, I've been working hard since since he's been gone to keep his name alive and keep his name fresh, and telling you guys stories that show how smart or funny or insightful he was. Because apparently there was a lot of fighting after he passed, back and forth with shit and. Well, Everyone's story got convoluted. So even you. Joe's story, no disrespect, no disrespect at all, respectfully, we want to hear Joe say stories about pun. And then you can feel that the interviewer just wants to ask him about Liza too or something. Or you, you want to hear stories about pun from Liza. And then you just see that the interviewer wants to ask a question about Joe. And so there's this, there's this, there's this element even with Cuban or Sace, there's this element of everyone talking about pun from a different aspect than where I was talking. Because I was the only 15-year-old around. I mean, if you know what I mean? I mean, I look at it like pun is such a fascinating person in hip-hop. Uh, we do album reviews. So we spent, did that for a long time. I have a show called The Classic Quest where basically we take, you know, we dig through the crates. And we look for albums. We go through them track by track. My girlfriend, your lady friend Bonnie, who's on the Zoom, and myself do this. And uh, we did the first pun album. And I can tell you, it is one of the only album reviews I do that to this day will still get like views trickling in. I don't, I'm not very popular there. I'm not gonna lie, but it still gets love, and it still has. It got a lot of comments. And I can tell you one thing: big pun, at least from where I come from and my timeline, that guy's just a legend. I'm not like honestly. Uh, no disrespect at all, cause I um I don't want that. But um, most of us don't know that. They don't really care as much about Fat Joe or anything else. We just care about pun, cause your pun is the same. Yeah, but you know, you know, to correct to correct that, you don't hear pun without Joe. That's true. And I don't care. I don't care what anybody says. It's it has nothing to do. It has nothing to do with lyricism. Mm. It has nothing to do with songwriting. It has to do with the structure that Joe had already placed. But, there was a structure there. You can't get into anything without the structure being there, or else you're gonna have to pay the you know what? for a new structure. But that's so, name drop time. Name drop time. You know what that is? Pun 
Hun got to have the privilege of having Fat Joe there to bridge the gap mm. of the lack of knowledge that Hun had walking into the industry. Joe had that in spades at that point by the time he got punched. Right. So he yeah. bridged that gap for him okay. and he provided Hun something that like other people didn't have, which I is know. like a true brother and mentor at the same and time. I just want to say and that we, we do fuck with Fat Joe too. Like we, we do. No, I'm I know. Just saying, no, I'm like, not saying that. Like as a youth growing up and stuff, because yo, honestly, we found DITC. Yeah. We went down that whole rabbit hole of discovering how like all that yeah. stuff is. So like we, we, we do want to give him his flowers as well. I just Joe's meant, amazing. Big facts. And he's still in it today. Joe's amazing. And not many people are in it for that many decades. And that's just always worth mentioning. No, yeah, Joe's amazing. It, it, his last record is, it, is the best record of this year so far. Um, uh, Joe, all right, I would put it like Bow Wow. Mm. Like Little Bow Wow. <clears throat> little Bow Wow is a legend to some people. Right. And when you talk to them about why he's a legend, you say, well, there was nobody like that six years old right that was rapping and was out there there was it's just that nobody wanted to put out a six-year-old like who wants to do that marathon with a fucking six-year-old trying to be a rapper and this and that nobody wants to do that kind of marathon no one wants to do it like it's not that it was un was not doable but the one person that wanted to do it jermaine dupree had did it already with Criss Cross. Right. So you, 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 every time you see something, you see the product at the end of it. But without Joe, I don't know if a white man or a black man allows pun to be pun. So are you going to get pun? You might not. But you have to have somebody who took the arrows first. And that was Joe. Joe had already took the arrows to the dome. So that pun and shielded pun and and, and now allowed that introduction to be that much smoother. Yeah, even though pun, and then and then a lot of you guys don't even know. You 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 hear the name Big Pun now and you go, man, he's a legend. He was being loved, but no, dumb niggas was fucking DJs up. Play my shit. Stop fucking. Stop playing, nigga. Get the fuck out of here, or else you got to walk to. You got to eventually walk to your car. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to play my shit tonight. They went hard for punk. We all did. We all was putting stickers, those Terror Squad stickers, everywhere. It just was everywhere. It was yellow and black, and they were everywhere. We 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 you made Giuliani change the laws can, about stickers. I can, I can testify to this. Having a background, my first job, I spoke with Holden about this in my interview with him, where, like, I, like, was putting him on to the fact that street teams and what street teaming was. And I can tell you from like the street we team that I was a part of, there were two street teams in New York City that were kind of like feared and revered. And that was Puff's Bad Boy street team. Yeah. And and then Big Puns and and Nori like they they it seemed like Nori used the same people. Cause the stickers were all over them. Nori smiley face stickers with the with the blood in the mouth were all over the Bronx. Yes. And, and Big Pun and and uh, Terror Squad, all their stickers were all over all over New York City. They were flooding it. They were just 
it was, I don't think that it was necessarily a street team as much as like it was like a, a street army. They had an army, unlike everyone else. So, like they had an army in Queens, an army in the Bronx, an army in Brooklyn. Like they had an army everywhere, like promoting their shit. Yes. Are you saying this like prior to Terror Squad? This was not as big of a thing. I don't. I don't really know a lot about sticker marketing. Yeah, um, see, that's what I'm saying because Giuliani changed the law. Like it literally was. Every time you saw today, 2001 you can find a terror squad sticker that can't come out. It's just like ripped. Mm. Like the glue was too much, but we were sticking it everywhere, bro. Like yeah. disrespectfully. Yeah. They, like they it was in places they, that no one could yeah, rip it off. There's still uh, stickers uh, all over got, New York City and they use zoo. the glue that is in, impossible to remove. Like you have to, you have to buff with the machine to get those stickers out, the adhesive was I, so I have strong. A, are you guys okay and with Big yeah. Zoo expanding on Zoo, this subject absolutely. for yeah, a little no, bit? I because I was, was going to give Zoo the floor. So perfect. Please, yeah. brothers. I was definitely listening. I'll be, I'm learning tonight. Glad that you're here to share, bro. But I just wanted to co-sign. I'm sitting here with my wife, and as y'all talking about the street teams, I'm talking to her on the side like, yo, I, that era was, was thorough for me as well. And Terror Squad was the illest. This is a story I've told many times, but I often give it to Joe. Like, I give Joe the props on this. We're downtown on Houston, and they're putting up the big Terror Squad um, posters, right? And they're, we're closer to, uh, like, where Burkina was, this, um, this mixtape store, and they're a little bit further towards the east, going towards the highway, right? So at the time, I'm with a bunch of brothers, and they're like, yo, they're giving out pun posters. They're giving out pun stickers, like, right? And some brothers run over there to get some of the stuff. And what was interesting was there was a fleet of those, like, um, those gypsy cabs from the BX. You know what I'm saying? There were four of them, all black gypsy cabs from the BX. And when they pulled up, a bunch of black and young Puerto Rican dudes pulled up and just attacked the spot with all the promo merch, right? And when they came back with the pun posters, I was like, oh, that's dope. I was like, yo, pun got these, you know, because pun was, I mean, excuse me, Joe was really behind pun, as, as LB was saying. And I was like, wow, Joe really got these niggas out here going team crazy. Like, they really wild, and Joe really pushing them. They was like, no, that is Joe. Joe was over there with them. Like, Joe hopped out one of the whips, too, and told them. They literally rented four of those um, livery cab joints from the BX and was taking a tour through all the boroughs and bodying the street team game. I mean, I don't know what they spent on it, but at that era, I mean, now, you know, we posting stuff on IG, but... When when Al B starts talking about them stickers that would not come down, that's a fact. I don't know. They didn't use the regular wheat paste shit. You could probably go to Houston right now on them blocks and see that same shit. So yeah, it's a yellow, it's a yellow and black sticker. Um, and he, um, that's exactly what it was. And he and 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 and, and um, you know, he would buy us so much food. We would eat so much, you know. And that was one of the things. He was like. Here's a fucking 200 fucking stickers. And we would just go in. Let me see if I could hold on my camera. Um, How do you change the... There you go. Oh, fuck. Wow, what a treasure. Holy shit, that's so fucking cool. I 
right, I'll narrate what you're seeing right there. That um though though that besides the record, the platinum record, that map right there is a map of the bus lines in the Bronx. That's a bus line map. I have the same exact map in my crib because all New Yorkers wanna keep a track of where they what bus they're gonna but have to but really quick really quick um telling big pun stories there's a bunch of big pun stories that I don't think people know um once again I was very selfish going to EO Dub you know I was I was I was about <laughs> I was about me and not about pun and so like but no one knew so I wasn't like yeah this is what I'm doing but I always wanted you guys to ask questions or because he's not here you know what I mean um but I'll say one story um really quick so I'm 15 we're actually still in chronological order right so I'm 15 16 and pun didn't want to finish capital punishment until black thought versus was finished so he pun was a humongous black thought fan like before we knew what black thought was like we really didn't and the name to me growing up i was like this is such a fucking illness. this is one of the illest rap names ever like black thought right so i used to be like yo pun black thoughts on the phone so i would bring the phone to him right they talked on the phone but they never met each other <clears throat> in real life they never saw you so super lyrical is a is a is a as a song that was done in that time back and forth which is very difficult they 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 recorded different right so so pun finally gets a chance he's finally going to get a chance to meet black thought and i'm supposed to I'm supposed to can you can you guys hear me? Yes, sir. Can you can you guys hear me? I'm here. supposed to go to um D and D and uh, meet the meet him there. And Pun at the time got arrested at the tunnel. And Pun was supposed to go on to 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 Black Thought's album because he but because Black Thought was on his album, they were trading um on features. And he was excited. But he winds up getting arrested in front of the tunnel and never calls because we didn't have cell phones like that. It wasn't like, yo, call Black Thought, call Tariq and tell him, you know, it wasn't that. So Tariq just thought, and this this is later, later Reek tells me this whole story. Tariq just thought that pun stood him up. But he's smoking, the, the, the session is played for. So he calls his brother down in Philly and goes, yo, bring up the young bull that has that verse. You know, we had a group before, bring him up and and so he could fill in for pun. And then the dude was like, yeah, cool, because I got these shorties that are going to dance or whatever, whatever in in Brooklyn. So I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll drive up there. So the shorties and the, the young bull with the verse drive up to Philly because pun got arrested at the tunnel. And so when I got there, I didn't know what happened. So then I just left. Later, we come to find out that the girls couldn't dance in Brooklyn because they were too young. So they wind up coming to the studio. The, the, the young bull was Beanie Siegel. And because Pung got arrested, Beanie Siegel was able to be on a drilling in, which was one of his first recordings. 
And then after the young bull finished that verse, since the girl was too late or she wasn't, she was too young to dance or whatever they were going to do in Brooklyn, that later becomes Eve. What? Do you know I'm talking about an Eve album tomorrow on my stream? That is fucking crazy yo, connections. Yo, does does Beanie Siegel and Eve happen if Pun doesn't get arrested at the tunnel? What? <laughs> I am so grateful you are here talking about all of this. I'll be back. You are a fucking plethora of knowledge and information. Yeah, it's just crazy, man. It's just crazy. I wish I wish you guys understood how I it would go from zero to a thousand like that. Like it'd be like moments where I was able to see that shit and just be around that shit like, oh shit. And then thought told me all this. And later me and thought become best friends. Like I call them every day. I got albums. Yo, Zoo, if you're listening to me, Zoo, if you ever want to have a black thought night where me and you drink Hennessy and just listen to some shit, no one's going to hear till 2022. You let me know. Wow. But, um, yo, but, don't uh, don't nah, tease he, um, me, yo. Don't play around yeah. like that. Don't, don't. Yeah. Thought, yo, thought is, thought it was, thought is, is not only a genius, he's a hub for so many great talents. So many talented people came through the roots and stuff like that. And Pun was one of them, man. Pun really wanted to be a root. He really fucked with the roots, me. Like, real shit. Like, people would never really know how much he was obsessed with Black Thought. I'm just like, wow. Because, like, when we, when we were researching, we were like, was we, before you come on, we are playing your stuff. All of a sudden, I'm on your YouTube channel, and you're just there with Black Thought. And it was like you jumping around on stage with Black Thought. And I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying, well, I'm going to yeah. fucking talk to I, this I, guy. I, I still have to learn his verses. Like, just in case he goes on a, 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 like, a, a, like, a like a solo um, thing where he's not the where he's not the band, then I'll do his then I'll do his albums and this shit is hard as fuck. I'm actually in a play, um, called Black No More, which is a play Black Thought wrote with the guy that wrote Twelve Years a Slave. It's a Broadway play, um, and uh, before COVID, um, I was a part of the cast as Agamemnon. Um, I know who Agamemnon is in history, but I don't know who he is in your play, in the play. Sorry. Yeah, well, and, this is so cool, dude. Yeah, Agamemnon in, in our play, um, most Def plays the doctor yeah. that changed that invents a machine. Most Def, right? Like, yeah, yeah, he, he invents this, this this machine that changes black people white, and <laughs> um, and and then white people, and then and then when the when the lead. Um, goes for it because he wants to get out of being treated like a nigga. He wants to um, to be turned white and go to Atlanta to find his love. Um, he realizes white people don't like white people either. You know what I mean? And uh, he also realizes, you know, uh, then he goes to Atlanta. He's black, but they could only see white. So then he f stumbles upon a pastor who says, wow, you know a lot about niggas. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not knowing that he was one, right? And then he goes, I want you to speak in my church, which unfolds and he later becomes the head clansman. So you got this black man who is now the head clansman um, because he could only, um, everyone could only see him as white. And I play Agamemnon who stays in New York and um, uh, reaches the brothers and sisters who didn't want to change. 
and who, who wants to stay the same. So, um, yeah, so, I was able to do that. Um, flying on, through, Alfred. you know, I know you guys got to go uh, eventually. No. no, we don't um, got to go eventually. You we, might have to go eventually, which is totally cool. We're here. We're here. I, I, this is what I do, my guy. Here. I can like, say like here as long hours. as you're willing to talk, we're gonna be sitting here and listening. Like that's how long. So, yeah, no, I mean, we didn't even. I was about to cut you off to say like you're talking about acting and like we didn't even get into no, how I, I you began you. acting. That's true. Like and 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 the the knowledge I mean, that's the like, the wealth of knowledge that's in there. That's just like you just you know, gotta. Like, yeah. You just gotta also understand I'll be back. I'm very comfortable going four hours as people like have seen me do multiple times. Maybe not as always on the Saturdays, but um, however long you wanna go for, I am here. Is that a pun weed tray? That's fucking nice. <laughs> That's fucking cool. I got so much memorabilia and stuff. All right, so, um, all right, cool. We're here, let me put this on the charger. Um, That's amazing. You're yeah, an amazing so, guest. You're like my. You're amazing. So acting, acting, acting. Really quick is is is, um. You know, people talk to me about it all the time. I really feel like, like I said about Dama, like I said about, like I know about Vice, like I know about, like I know about just James Figueroa. Um, if you put those people in a position, they're gonna thrive, you know, and um. A lot of us are not thriving just because of the position that we we didn't get a chance to. So I was able, Chris Robinson, who directed all the puns videos, was doing a movie called Jelly Beans, which later becomes ATL. And so he saw me on Deaf Poetry. I invited him to my Deaf Poetry performance, and then he said, "Yo, you'd be perfect." Can we pause? To um, what's Deaf Poetry? Movie. Deaf Poetry at HBO. Um, H um Russell Simmons Deaf Poetry Jam. I, so I was, I, Canada, I was able so. to invite him to that. Okay. And I did a poem called Super Negro. I got, if you look on HBO, I mean, if you look on YouTube, you see I have a punch shirt on. And um, I was, I was, I was, that was 2004. And I was, I was in, <clears throat> I was in EO Dub at 2004. It's I was very in, possible. Like years, years, uh, right? Like the zoo is here, so he can confirm. Like the dub is turned; they turned twenty years old last year, you know. So they were already around in two thousand. So you know, in two thousand. No, this I mean, was two thousand. This was two thousand. No, this was ATL. So when I get when I get the part, this is two thousand five. Two thousand, two thousand four. Right. Uh, so I believe I was. I believe I was in the EOW because I. Yeah. So I came to EO Dub a week before we had a show. I was in a group called Fort Apache with Axel Leon, um, Gangsta, Guy Fisher, Guns, Fred DeGosselin. Um, it's just a clique in, in New York, in, in the Bronx, called Fort Apache. And Axel had a show at EO Dub the following week that I, that the, the week that I visited, he had a show where he did the 100 to 1 backwards um, at EO Dub. So whenever that show was, I've been an EO Dub uh, dubber since then. Um, and then from there, I was able to go and audition to be in the movie. I went to Atlanta after doing poetry on the train to get some money. And um, New York paid for my flight. I did poetry for two days and worked my ass off on the four train spitting poems. And they gave me enough money 
in two days to fly to Atlanta to audition. And so when I went to audition, the casting director never had the same sides as me. Um, the sides are a part of a script. So it's just like a scene that's going to show an A and B of that character. So they didn't have the same sides I had because she had just came in, world-famous casting director, Kim Harding. Yeah. And um, she looked at me and she asked me, um, do you know a poem or like a rap? And uh, I said, yeah, I think I got a poem. And I did a poem and the rest is history. You know, it's on the wall now. Um, and we did part two um, and uh, what we're doing part two. And, you know, and this is there's just it never stopped. You know, it's a classic film. I hope I added love and and who I was to it. I hope people. Yo, honestly, really felt so here's the thing. I'd never seen this movie prior to yesterday because there was no way I could come talk to you. Well, I mean, you got to keep in mind, I'm a white dude in Montreal. And uh, prior to YouTube, like I'm 33, so I'm I'm not like you know exactly young enough to have grown up. Also, with easy access. let's be fair, let's be honest, Holden. I've gotten to know you. Hold on, I well just gotta enough. interject. Shout out for this sub because that's like people giving money for real, real. Yes. So thank you for real, real. Uh, Evalion Fangirl 31. Thank you so much. Evalion Fangirl 31. Shouts to you. Thank you so much for real. Um. But Holden, I've gotten to know you, and like you're not much of a movie or not show guy. You're a book no. reader. No, no, no I like shows. I love TV. I love television shows. I like to find a show, watch all eight seasons of it, every fucking episode in order. But I'm not the biggest movie person, no. But I watched ATL last night because there was no way I'm coming to talk to Mr. I'll be back and not watching this classic movie. It was, okay, so Flacco gives me like these fucking you better watch this shit beforehand or I'll smack you kind of speeches. And I take them very seriously, right? Because he's trying. Great to exaggeration, sure. great exaggeration. I've never threatened bodily harm. Not home. one time, but I interpret like subtext. You know, I just subtext exists in life. Now he now he's, he's the courteousest guy ever. But like I'm basically getting told, don't embarrass me here. Go do your basics, you know. So we watched this movie, and I loved your character, and I loved the character because I felt like there was like a double entendre to the character in the movie. Like, you're the guy from New York and ATL, and all you did was drop these great, like, New York-style references and bars. Your smile was so lit. You just brought this positive energy. And keep in mind, I just watched this yesterday. And so, granted, I'm looking for you in the movie, maybe wow. a little bit, but, like, I thought that the passion, my girlfriend, and she's right over there, so she can nod her head or whatever. Um, I, we're watching, and the first thing she says is, yo, I love his voice. It's just so pleasing to listen to. The very first thing that she says when she see, hears you start doing is that early restaurant scene or whatever. I don't remember exactly the plot. I watched it one time. I'm sorry. But uh, this is ATL uh, is the one that we're talking about. It came out in 2006. It is it is a coming of age story, I believe, is a good way to put it. I, didn't, I have a question. Is roller skating actually that lit? in atl like i don't know like i yeah. was like is that actually that like is it like that like yeah it was like ti exaggerating yes yes, yes. and Those north carolina too i think to, can, and uh, virginia so, i'll be why don't just uh em, like emphasize on like how big roller skating is in our culture period yeah because i yeah my know. dad because my dad got the skate key in the bronx yeah my dad my dad built the skate key in the Bronx, the, the, the one that's now the cable vision. Um, before it was that, it was my, my dad and a few friends that built the floor and built it. 
and um, he was the he was the guard manager. So he would, you know, when somebody would fall, he was skating so well that he would pick him up and still be skating. And my mom bumped into him on purpose, like she didn't know how to fall, and um, she fell on him, and and uh, and then nine months later, here I am. You know, um, uh, that's how it happened. And so, and so, Skate Key was um, roller skating because it has a rhythm. And so, with rhythmic people, so if you could really get on some skates and get into your pocket, it became really big. And it was our only, it was the only outing for teenagers as well. So, you know, that's why it was, it was that big. If you look at so, it, there's no other club like a skating ring or a bowling app. So I can't I say, I can't say I don't fully empathize because there's this thing that was in Laval, which is just above Montreal called La Recreatech. And it doesn't exist anymore today, unfortunately, but we all ended up there at some point and it really is exactly like that. Like the, the fucking lights and the, the roller skates. So I've, I've done it. And then, you know, girls are there. So it totally makes sense why boys want to be there because I've learned something in my life doing this conversational thing. If girls are there, boys will be there. And uh, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to tell you right now, the, the Sammies of the world, if you pretty beautiful women, all when y'all were in your teens was like, I'm going to the library to get a man. Man, we would have all been reading. You know what I'm saying? Like niggas, niggas would have, niggas would have been know, like, "Yeah, I finished Warm." To be fair, yesterday. to be fair, you know? I, yeah. I met girls yeah. at the library, and that's why I kept on going to the library. Was right, because there it, were girls at the library, and I was into smart girls. So I take it. mm-hmm. yeah. it's I'm great facts. <laughs> nah, I appreciate right, this. So, real. so we're at. Where where we at? We at um uh, you're like, motherfucking uh, you're like not even ATL. 18. I don't yeah, you're ATL. How old are you when ATL happens? Because I don't even know 21. how twenty one. Alright, but let's say 21. before ATL happens because you were like sixteen, seventeen, eighteen and now all of a sudden you're twenty one. And I don't know what else happened in the middle of that that might be worth before we jump into Nothing ATL. much. Pun dies. So it's it's pretty dark. Um right. graduate college. Um and uh and um wait where'd you go to college i become a mentor you went to college film yeah that's cool and i became and i and i and um and yeah i have my film degree and and what what um what happened with um pun there was a void so i was teaching poetry mentoring so i meant you know there was a there was an organization called urban word that i was a coach and we went to the nationals and the kids, you know, all won that nationals. Um, my man Skrill, uh, Aja Monet, um, Erica, this is just a bunch of us. Uh, we went to the championship, we won. Um, and, uh, you know, just being young and a writer and then hanging around Mos Def. And Mos Def was able to just man. take me everywhere he went. Like he would go to these shows and then I would just, I would just be backstage or, I was able to learn from him and he was able to give me some acting tips, him, Lemon Anderson. Um, and so then that I got into ATL. And I remember when ATL came out that week, 16 blocks came out. And so we were number three in the box office and 16 blocks was number five. So we, I actually got a chance to beat my beat most at, at something. 
or whatever. It might beat him, but you know what I mean? Because it wasn't my movie. 16 Blocks was his movie. But, um, you know, it was really dope. It was a dope time. 2005, I come back home with a little bit of, I mean, 2006, I come back home with a little bit of money. I'm in EO Dub, um, getting my getting my shit straight, um, just smoking some weed, you know, went, and went from the regular weed to some some exotic. And uh, just overall in the in the in the spectrum of New York, um, that's when Sour hit '07, and then uh, and then I went to California, and um, I started working at the Edmonds Building, which is a um, um, Babyface's wife's. Uh, she had a building where Tyrese had a studio, and um, I was just working in Tyrese's studio for a minute um, with uh, curtains. Uh, Luke James, my man Q, and Sticks, and we had a group called Sax Fifth, and I was just always there. And then either either I was there working on music, or I was at the record plant working with Kanye. So I was able to, you know, um, oh, 2007, I was able to be unsigned hype in the Source magazine, and Take work on th this little mean? project what right here. It? Oh my fucking gosh! I knew. I, oh my fuck! That's so fucking cool. You have it. That's a real plaque. Yeah, you gonna see it? No, but like that's like what the like when they say I got a plaque on my wall. That's like the plaque that gets the plaque on the wall, right? Like that's what they mean. Yeah. Wow. Do y'all see this? Yeah, they don't. They don't, you can't get an RIAA plaque made. You know. You could get it. You could get it made, but it's no, not gonna be certified. Yeah, they'll check the check your name. So this guy, you got, he gets a plaque on the wall, and that album is 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 like crazy, like right? Because like I heard this back in the day without registering who you were because I just didn't at the time. But I, I bumped that. I remember purchasing it. And I know that's on the deluxe side of it. But I know I looked up everything because YouTube existed back then. Yeah, for you, it wasn't deluxe. Mm. Every overseas version, I was on the regular album. Like, that's what it is, because I'm like I, I, because I had that project, and it was I remember it like it was one of the first albums I actually ever bought, like and when I got into music. So technically speaking, you were on the first pro one of the first projects I ever purchased, because you know Kanye was there. I finally had financial independence. I'm like 20, and they were still selling yeah. CDs and stuff. <clears throat> but that's so fucking cool. Yeah. Um, yo, we got a question from Zoo that I think is really interesting. Did you do any of the writing for Kanye? You don't have to answer if you don't want. That's a zoo question. That's not a holding question. But yeah, I, give um, to zoo. I worked. I worked on uh, my record. Um, do 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 do. Damn. Do 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 do. Here we go again. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I never be picture perfect. Beyonce, be light as Albie or black ass. Like, um. Stronger, I helped him with Stronger. Wow, Stronger yeah. was a Stronger was in a bad place before I got there. Yeah, um, like that song right there. At one point in my life, I could do by heart, and I was singing it every single fucking day. Like, 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 honestly, that that particular track, I played a lot in my life. Cause yo, that Daft Times went fucking huge at the same time as that song went fucking huge. And I'm like 20 years old smoking weed at fucking college and shit while this is all happening. So that's a huge part of my life, believe it or not. So if you enhance that track, you enhance my youth. Yeah. No. Listen to it. Do you know what I mean? 
you can kind of hear my flu- you can hear but my thing is when 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 you never heard Kanye go oh oh right, right. oh that's so whatever but my thing is flow wise I was like yo what are you trying to say and he was like you know I just you know I don't want people to stop fucking with me and I was like what the fuck are you talking about I, and I that's what I yelled at him it was just me and him in the crib, his fiance at the time had just left. She just she just served us some fish tacos, and everything was cool. I think we started getting deep in this this stronger thing, and I was like, "My nigga, you are eight Grammys in. What the fuck are you talking about?" I was like, "My nigga," I went like, and, and I started getting angry, right? <laughs> I was like, "My nigga, listen to me, listen, listen to me. Jay Z needs you." I literally said that, bro. I literally was like, yo, they all need you. You're the one. You you did it. Now it was cool. That's why the idea you can hear is stronger. What does it kill me? Make me stronger. But that's the hook that always been there. You listen to the verses after Alb got there, it turned into the brash. You know what I mean? Bow in the presence of greatness. I like it. Yeah. I'll, I'll, spit, I'll do something I've never done if Big Zoo is still there. If Big Zoo is still there, I'll do something I've never done. I hope Big Zoo is still there. Still here, for sure. Ah, uh, Big Zoo, yes. I also, I also knew when I asked that writing question that you were going to make that exact face when I asked. But I'm, I, I, I couldn't ask you like in public, so I asked you behind a black yeah. on somebody else's interview. Yeah, yeah. This is why we love Big Zoo's presence on this, the and he's a welcome of, guy. About Professor X, um, my, I, 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 I think I, I remember a little bit of my verse, right? Let's get roast tonight. I used to roll grams of the OG type. Now I'm the wizard of the OZ flights. So yeah, grams of little speaker trophies, right? Awesome. Now this is the difference of Paul. Get cash like I got pumpkin for balls. Chick a treat show to you so so. Do anybody make hip hop anymore? I'll be back here to change this shit. Pop this button like a rapist. Scream and shout and take this. Oh damn, and I'm only halfway in. Shooter in the back, dick chain chicks. I'm tripping, I'm caught up with the matrix. I'm tipping, I'm caught up with the waitress. You slipping, you caught up with that lameness. New style, watch how Al Sam Davis tap dance. Then I act like I ain't this. What I do, I'm cooler than famous. So ain't this booty in my... Never mind, that shot remain nameless. Cause if you knew, then you wanna taste it. Luckily, my favorite color naked. And I love when she got her hair braided. So I treat her like I play for the Lakers. And she loved it cause she know my favorite flavor. it. A girl shake it, a don't break it, a go fake it. Until you make, 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 make babies. Oh. Yo. Oh, that's how long Yo. I've been on oh, ya. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yo, that's oh seven bars, son. No, yeah. that was the, cause you like I said, yo, like that track, like I really fucks with it. Like if it comes on today, I'm like, let's get lost tonight. You could be my black Kate Moss today. Play secretary, you know, like like that shit is like, I fucking love. Like, I'm not gonna go, but that shit is like to this day, I fucking love that song. And then you gave hey, us babe, that, my not, guy. 
Wow. Let's not mess up my sneaker connect. You know what I mean? So let's just honor the dude for all the glory that he is, and he will be yes. our forty. Hey, I'm president. a huge Kanye fan. I don't care what anyone comments, says. In the comments, he will, he will be our forty-seven president. And no, but like, Jesus like for real, like I, anybody can say whatever, but like we do album reviews, right? The Kanye West is a brilliant artist. I fucks with him heavy. Jesus right. is King is so fucking cool. Like I, I love what he did with the Sunday Such services. I like fucking list. Like I don't care about all the prejudices. I go on the Twitter rants. I'm like, yo, Kanye has some interesting ideas here. Why y'all? Fuck? Did you read the other stuff or did you? You know, like I'm not like one of those dudes. I fucks with Kanye because, like, yo, he inspired me. One time in 2013, I watched this interview where Kanye was talking, and he's like, yo, I'm more than a rapper. I'm more than that, right? And he started talking like this and that about all of his ambitions and his goals and what he wanted to be with his life. And I'm like, wait a second. You can be more than that? I swear, this is me. And I'd never listened to Kanye before. Before that, it was like fish sticks and all that shit from South Park, right? Because, you know, it is what it is. But then all of a sudden, I heard him talk for the first time. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, I don't think anybody's listening to Kanye. Now, let, let's be real. Like, let's say you're not on that fully neurotypical spectrum shit. Sometimes the world doesn't fully hear what you're trying to say. They look at yeah, isolate like some shit, right? Like, that's just kind so of what happens. Until yeah. later. They won't do it until later, bro. So, like, when I, Art is not... This is what... This is what... If, if, if Vice has taught us anything, you know... Um, I mean, he taught us so much, but, you know, art isn't for now. Mm. Art is for after you're gone and people could appreciate it in a different space. Art, you know, Picasso is, it went, Picasso's album dropped. It's one thing, you know, but after he's gone, it, the Picassos are different because he can't recreate that. So we look at art as monetized quicker like record sold twenty dollars in my pocket, but um, that's not the that's not the essence of art, you know. Sure. It's for us to do the work, and then when we're gone, it'll be valued and appreciated. So I I feel like, you know, years from now, years, 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 when when Ye's not here anymore, and there's you know fifty years from now, sixty years, and and some and some kid picks up a, you know, a college dropout or a late registration or a or her graduation, you know, um, they'll be able to see the duality and the, the genius of this man. But, like, but I think it goes further yeah. than that, personally. Like, Twisted Dark Fantasy, 808s and Heart. Like, you can basically run through his whole career, and if you're willing to be open-minded with it, like, yo, check mm -hmm. it. A couple of years ago, Kanye dropped a bunch of seven-track projects that he curated, and everybody made fun of it. 2021, four-track projects is, like, a fucking norm. The guy's a visionary, and I don't think people do give him his due yeah, credit. Yeah, we were doing that. We was doing that. Um, <clears throat> Black Thor had did it. Black Thor had did that three months before him. But yay, just I just got some sneakers they sent to my daughter. You want to see my daughter's? Yes, we would love that. They just sent me some. Absolutely, absolutely. And then after that, we get back to the story of Albie. Yeah, I'm cool with that too. Um, this is this is amazing. <laughs> Holden's like, I mean, let the man go, Flacco. Just let him do what yeah, he's on, doing. Man. Yo, he's doing the best he's doing. People are he's loving the, he's, he's amazing. Doing. He's amazing. I'm yeah, a blessed I'll be, person to have wow. people like Albie in my life. Listen, like that is a gorgeous shoe. Uh, I don't think people understand how much of a dad I am, you know? And my daughter uh, is way iller than I ever would be, ever, in the history of Everdome. Like she's really magic. 
Vice used to love her as well. Um, uh, you know, was big uh, uh, Katie fan, Vice. And um, yeah, you know, uh, uh, my daughter is super talented, super ill. And so everything that I'm doing now from that graduation publishing to everything is for the upkeep of her. Um, after 07, um, we come back into 08 to which I decide that I have the fortitude to release a record. Um, and I released a record and it was on High 97 for a month and it's called Love You More. And it was one of the biggest records in the world to me. And um, Zoo, um, you guys, I, I, I don't know if you guys remember how we used to perform and Zoo would sing the hook and cause the hook was so terrible. Well, my voice on it was so terrible that I fell in love with EO Dub because when they knew your hook and they sang it with you, you felt like you were in the group. You felt like Wu-Tang every time. So I was the only one, I don't know if I was the only one, but and Zoo could speak up for this, but I was the only one in 2008. This is big, this is pivotal, because this is the, the one thing I did in the year, was got better at that and love you more. Um, uh, was, uh, I love you, but I love you more. If we wasn't together, 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 baby, listen, I love you. But and I remember, yo, Zoo and Vice, they were singing it. I don't know, Zoo, if you remember the joke. I do, I do, I do. I and those are the greatest lyrics I've ever said in my life. Now, listen, I heard your complaints. I heard you on the phone. You riffing. You say you in pain. You say you feel there's something missing. Well, get on a plane. Go find another love to visit. The ship has sailed. You might as well keep your fucking distance. My space is my space. Stop sending pictures. I love the way you look in that blue. Oh, fuck. What is this? I can't take it no more. All right, baby, it's wrong. I can't fake it no more. My heart is already gone. Degrees of separation. And you're my Kevin Bacon. But Asalamualaikum. I'm tired of the confrontation. I'm tired of the constant hating. It's half empty for you. I'm like Pepe Le Pew. I think the pussy's painted. I wish the coochie came with instructions how to tame it. I stopped calling your ass, and now your ass is naked. And now our ass is caking. It's like I'm always waiting on your ass to change, but my ass never had the patience, baby. Listen, I love you. Yo, and I was rocking that shit. And it changed my life because I was on the radio, my eyes popped, and I was like, yo, we in VIM, and my song is on, and it's popping. And I just felt, I felt the world on my back. But, and this, this is where the sad part comes. My man's gone. My man. You know what I mean? No disrespect to all that have been my friends since that, but no one was able or could hold me down the way he did. So no one understood me. So I would get shit done, but people would look at me like, you got it, you're doing it. <laughs> and so no one would, so like, I remember Zoo, Zoo could um, tell you, you know, that fateful day when I invited him and, and the boys to my house, that scenario, um, felt like I was doing that to everyone, but I didn't, I only did it to them. I was like, please, I, I, I have something coming. I know I got a pinky in the door. Just, I want to grab the EO Dove flag. I want to, I want to fly. I want to, I want to be, I, I wanted to be exactly what I saw they was for Just James. 
right. or what my perception was. Because, of course, I was outside the bubble. And this was 2008. This really matters to me because um, I didn't get that. I didn't get a chance to get that team. And everyone had a team. So there was no one that was coming out next year. Drake, Wale, Meek Mill, J. Cole. Um, there was no one in that class that didn't have a squad behind them. I, you, you can arguably say that the Young Money bedrock and um, sleep with every girl in the world was just a kind of constructed fixture to make Drake seem like he had a big team. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, there's no rapper that ever made it without a group or a team. Facts. Outside of LL, outside of LL, Facts. a little bit of Fab, you know, even though Fab had that Joe Buttons and um, uh, Paul Kane and Ransom thing, but like, but like a little bit of Fab and LL, outside of those, like, kind of like, out of all the people in the game, everyone had a team. So I, all my team was an open mic squad. <laughs> you know what I mean? That was that was it. That's all I had. My nigga died. So I'm on the loose, just trying to go do my thing. And then I was like, oh shit. I was living in, I had Pun's Ashes in my crib, and I was living on the 32nd floor at the Ritz Carlton. Zoo, you were there, you remember? And uh, I was there, I was there. I, I was told that you're not supposed to smoke anything off of a candle because it's like stealing souls. I remember hearing that in 2006 when we had went to India one time. And I remember hearing that, don't, don't touch a candle the wrong way. And I did one time after that and never did again, but I smoked a blunt off of a candle while Pun's ashes was in my crib. And I was with Pun, just me and Pun. I'm smoking a blunt off the candle, talking to him. And I wrote Mira Mira in like, I'm talking about this shit's five minutes. Like literally I was like, you know me, I'm in YC. So you know I'm rolling deep. So are you, so with me. We get off it in the jeep. Like I was just, I was just flying. So 09, I created this song after that, that little blunt, Mira Mira, and I got Fab on it. And I produced the record. I'm thinking, no disrespect to anyone. Not just not, and please, nobody feel offended. Like, man, we should have been there for album. Cause that's not the truth. My mother, right? My cousins, my actual blood, they wasn't. They didn't know how to support me. They didn't know how to love me. They didn't, They never even came to my, my graduations. Both of them. So both graduations. So it's like when you feel that feeling of, of, all right, good, Albie. That's cool. It's never like I've seen people go to people's showcases that are bumped. I'm talking about they're never going to make it. And they had their T-shirt on, like, yo, Yo, never for me, never for me. You guys have never seen any family member. I've done countless shows. They've never been to any, any, any show, not one cousin. There was one time at the New York weekend where they all came and my mom came and I did, a, I did a song to her. Other than that, in the hundred shows I've ever done, I've never had a family member there. Just to love me, just to know my lyric, not one. So you deal with that. I'm, get, I'm getting records with big people, but my own family's not there with me. So when everybody comes to me, they go, nobody else is here. We'll, we'll catch up with you when everybody else likes you. You know what I mean? We got some Drake to do. 
there's nothing I could do. So when people go, why are you not in movies? Why are you not in this? Man, Jesus Christ of Nazareth and Latter-day Saints. If I, if, I, if I wasn't trying, yo, I was there, I was in it. So I did the Mida Mida, did a, 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 an album that was hosted by Mick Boogie, who does like presidential fucking DJ shit now. It was called High. And on that album, there's a record with me, Karis One, and MC Light. Just us three. Called 16, 17, 18, where KRS One takes 16, MC Life takes 17, and I take 18. None of our friends got that. Not one. <laughs> Not, there's, actually, no, there's no rappers that did a song with MC Life and KRS One if you wasn't on self destruction. And here I am in the studio with them. And they're both like, you killed it, Al B. I come home and it's like, yo, so. Tell me about T.I. You know what I mean? And so on that album, I had that. I had, I had the joint with me, Kanye, and most. I had the joint with Fab, joint with Hussein, uh, uh, um, skits, all that. And it just, nobody heard it. It was called High. It came out 420, 2009. Next year, I dropped I'll Be Getting Money featuring Mano, shot the videos, did all that. Um, and then I got depressed. And I said to myself, man, then, you know, when, when you lose a record, it feels weird. And I, I, got, I got caught under a battle between Power 105 and High 97. They were battling each other in the city at that time. So Power was doing a lot of R&B stuff and, and High 97 is playing a mixture of both. And here's my record that gets played by enough, Cast One, uh, Bobby Trans, all this high 97 shit and powers going, oh, that's a high 97 Puerto Rican record. And they totally bypassed the poet, Pun's cousin, the whole thing. They bypassed it and just, so I got shunned from there. So when I lost my record, it was like losing a baby. And I was depressed for the first time in my life. I've never been, I never, I never felt loss. And, and mad people died, but that, that was like a loss. And she called out to me, bro. You know, Katie said, it's my turn. And I got you. And so had Katie and was with her every day and just was a dad and just and honed my skills. Um, within that, there's plays and stuff, but I understood the, the writing part of my gift. So I started writing commercials with Beats by Dre and I was working for Beats by Dre even before they were Apple. And I was a creative director. When Apple came in, they saw all the things that I was doing and they gave me a position as a creative director in Apple. Hold on, we gotta stop. I, I need people to know how big that is because yo, Apple, Apple <laughs> only fucks with like creme de la creme. Like if, if Apple buys you and they keep you, like yeah, that's they like, like that's like, I don't know. Like, pick your favorite label I was making, in the world. Did yo, bro, like I was now... making, I was making, I was making fifteen, I was making like fifteen hundred dollars a day. What the fuck, man? Yo, it was so fun. Who the I fuck was is wild, like? Bro. Who who are you? Wild. I'll be back. Who are you? How do you go from? I was wild. I'm a yo, I'm a movie so star fun. guy. And sometimes you're a fucking no, was, corporate like, tycoon. I like, like I swear, I want you guys to understand. I don't boast like this. So that's no, why no, nobody no. knows. But like, you I don't. was doing LeBron commercials. Like, there's commercials 
that's me and my team. Like um, the solo selfie we came up with, right? Wow. I yo the royal yo. Let me tell you something right now. This anybody listening to my voice, and I know it's recorded, so it doesn't like this is the actual factual truth. The royal edition of the solos, solo twos, is my collection. That's my collection. I named it the royal edition. I named I named each color the rose because of Pac. Um, the hunter green because that was an aerosol color. Like, like I named them. Like this is a fact though. Like you could go you go into my laptop, you see, man, I could show you shit. Right? No, so this is 2016. You're, you're like and then a hero, everything is cool up until Kanye coming to the office. All the white people on the sh- on, on and not just white people, but just tech people. They didn't see the movie. They didn't hear about any of this shit. They don't know Big Pun. So they just treat me purely on my creativity and what I can handle, right? So I'm working on, at the time I was working on having the cast of The Wire complain about life with The Wire, sounding like they hate The Wire because now the cast on The Wire is wireless, right? So I'm working on it. (laughs) I'm in my office working on it and then yay, out of nowhere, I didn't even know he was there. Yay goes, yo, Al B, man, what you doing here, right? And when they saw that Yay knew me, then they started Googling and go, oh, and then they started treating me a little different. Then it became to handle some of the celebrity things and, you know, like, go get T.I. these headphones. And, and then it became my ego was like, but I'm me. You know what I mean? Like, I want to do this commercial. And it's just like, yo, chill out. And I was like, nah, I can't chill. So then we didn't leave on bad terms, but I left, you know, and um, uh, because I have a journey. And taking care of my daughter um, was more than just getting her food and shelter. It was um, carving our name into forever. So when she walks around, people walk with, people, people see that reputation of of an art kid um named Daniels and she's one of them too. So so um I became a mom dad, you know, and my my baby mother, you know, as much as Grace as she's done, I was doing a little more just having her because I I'm just a single guy. Um and I have my daughter by myself a lot, you know, and uh and I just took that seriously until she turned seven. And then I started to see, I know, Zoo, you can attest to this, when they start to get to a place where they are people. Like, they were people before, but now it's like, oh, you're a whole thing. And you got it. If you got hungry, you could get up and get your own shit. And, like, you understand me fully. Like, now it's not like something will happen to me. And you have to tell somebody, tell me about my dad. You know what I mean? So she turned seven. I zeroed back into the artist you see now, um, which is putting music, putting um, 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 ghostwriting. I'm, 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 I'm doing so much within my day uh, uh, in the writing front that um, I'm just a totally different person than I was in the dark years that no one heard of me because I was just being a dad, you know? Um, not that I stopped, but, you know, my journey is continuing until Katie's ready to pick up the mic. So I say all that to say it was pun, and then it was me by myself working with Ye, working with Mo's Deaf, and then um, I did everything on my own in 2009. And 2009 was a really hard year because I lost my record with 
the Mira Mira joint. I couldn't do it by myself. I had no support. And so I then stood with writing and stood studying Meisner, which is a acting coach and um, Ivana Chubbuck and studying the craft of acting. So I just got stronger at acting, stronger at writing, stronger at marketing and just working myself um, to be a better man, you know, to hopefully, um, you know, and then, uh, you know, time flies and I, you know, I lose my man last year, um, which is, you know, you know, when you, we, we was just talking about pun, I've been talking about pun for the last two days and people are excited to hear these stories about pun that they never heard. And it's different for me because that's my man. So when y'all talk about him, it's different. Same with vice versus, you know, I, you know, even though we were on the stage together, because I was in Brooklyn by myself with my daughter, walking from the school that she was accepted in to Oxcrib, Vice House was along the way for so for three or four months, every day I had my I had a brother there with me, you know, um, telling telling me I was worth it. Thank you for sharing. You know, and so like, so losing him was really hard. And in this last year, um, I've um, I've just done everything I could to prove to him that he was right. Can I just say that the project you dropped, the visual album thing, is a great is a great piece of art that was just put out, um, and that that last song that you did did for Vice is, is a truly beautiful piece of music that I just think really shows how much you loved him, and I'm. I, I watched that and like I just I don't know it's it's really cool that you are willing to put your heart and soul into your music like that and share it with people I, I don't think I am where I am in life without vice so I I'm, I try to tell people the domino and I don't know if they you know I could articulate myself you know you know there's a lot of people that pass and pun is what he was but um vice vice is the only man the first man, I think, uh, who had lyrics, who was like, yo, that verse you did with that line, say it again. This, just that gave me fuel, man. And that was before ATL, you know? That was before ATL because I remember I had a few songs done and nobody would listen. Nobody. It was only VZ. Just James is who I, when Just James, Just James, I was in the crowd one time and Just James grabbed the mic and every, you know, when Just James grabs the mic in 2005, this is fresh off dojo uh, lyrics. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? So everybody in the squad knows the lyrics and they're having a great time hyping this little young man up who I thought they were just trying to keep off the street. I always looked at it like, this kid's going to be a problem if he's not here. So we kept him here. That's how I looked at it. It probably wasn't that, but that's how I looked at it. And so he came on. He was like, hey, y'all, I'm about to spaz out, spaz out, spaz out. And everybody's like, that should change me. So I looked at that and I watched it and I wanted that. But they wasn't going to give me that because they don't know me. I was just, I just paid $10. It was VZ that made me feel you never see a performance of me on stage and he's not there. I wouldn't go on till BZ came up with me. I'm like, yo, Vice, there's one time where you see him, he doesn't even want to get on stage 
he's below the stage. He's like, all right, Alvin, I want to leave already. Or, or, or like, I want to get into my drinking part of the night. You know what I mean? So it was like, I never would want to do anything without him because he was, he didn't even know. Man, you know, yeah. So, um, yeah, so Lois Vice uh, last year and it gave me the new energy that I needed. He's with me. He makes me uh, right and, and, and gets me tighter and gets me better. And um, so we're doing everything that we can to, to uplift his name. And I'm gonna, that's what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my days. So if you ask that, what you're going to be doing in the future is making sure the world knows these verses from Vice. And, um, <clears throat> and I got this cartoon that I'm doing right now, a Pixar cartoon uh, with, um, with my man, Jackie Long, who was, who was in ATL with me. Um, uh, we have a cartoon that's really dope. It's really intelligent. Um, Snoop's in it, uh, 50, um, there's a bunch of names that, 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 that are going to be a part of it. Um, uh, it's a really classic joint and, uh, yeah. So in a nutshell that from, from me as five to, you know, 2000, 90, from 98 to 2005, where I shoot ATL to 2009, where I dropped Mida Mida and I'm, I'm in the streets as a as an MC um, to to now, you know, then going to Beats by Dre in 2016 and dropping the album that you heard that you listened to. I dropped that in 2016. Then I dropped the Notebook um, in January on my birthday. So and 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 there's so much more. I mean, I'm coming. Yeah. And there's a little small little beef with Tyler Kweli, but we'll we'll get that to another time. That's amazing. <laughs> I, I I do know I have heard that song. So I know what you're talking about, but we can save it for what Chancleta? Yeah, I heard that Chancleta song. Um, so um, yeah, I know what that is personally. Uh, but yo, I just have to say I'm a big fan of your music. Um, I heard a whole bunch oh, wow. of it, and as like a person who just likes consuming music, you you really like the the uh, the A E A L B um. I don't know because you capitalized your A L B, right? I get it, L B, right? Uh, L B. Um, yeah, or oh, the album. Right. Yeah, the album is called. So when the I album, listen to I'm that like, shit as an mm -hmm. album reviewer, you because I did a lot. Like we're talking hundreds. So I go into a certain mode where I'm looking for certain things, and that album mm -hmm. in particular was very special for me to listen to because it stood the fuck out. Right. It was all over the place sonically. So track to track, it also feels yeah. like you're you're kind of moving along this journey there was also like just snippets of your life i actually googled things after and learned stuff about you throughout the pro because y'all was listening right and you're telling the story of yourself throughout this project like i didn't know you did a song with kanye west until you brought up doing a song with kanye west on that album and then i discovered that shit and i'm like holy fuck right like and it just connected a bunch of dots or like the sneaker fucking track where you're just giving love to it. And it was just this this song where describing a desire for the old shoes that are left over when Kanye West pivots, like, fuck it, don't let that go to waste, give it to me. Yeah, it was, um, I wanted to see if, how, how I could start a record where it was warm and then eventually got cold. But how can you represent cold? Mm. Like, how can you how can you represent cold in a, in a record? So I got ghostly cold, you know, and I stripped the beat and then ghost is, you know, Styles P is like phantoms in the ghosts. 
No, man, Talk to me because I'm broke. Yeah. But, but to be fair, man, it was the love poem, the interlude, followed up into that other one that was one of my favorites. Poison is a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful masterpiece. I don't know who the lady is. I couldn't. I didn't have time to figure that out because the second half. What, of, what song is it? I think it's Poison. At least one of them. A halfway through, it stops. It cuts for a second, and then a lady takes over and starts talking for the second half of the track. And it was a beautiful, like, fucking song. I'm pretty sure it was that. Let me check Spotify real quick. Um. I'm pretty no, it's Pen, not sorry, sorry, it's Pen. So I, re, I interviewed, oh. I talked to Poison Pen recently, and that shit got confused in my head. So I apologize for that. Right, so Poison ex- Pen. Yeah, so Pen. And you is said what a I lady meant. talks. Yeah, like halfway through or something. Half, and maybe it's not a lady, maybe it's you, but I thought it was like somebody yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, it's me. Oh my Yo, you fucking know what's funny? That's a secret track. Do you guys remember when motherfuckers used to have secret tracks? Yes, I did a like, whole we used video to have, on that like, shit. Records that were. After the record, like minutes after, you could just start listening to another record. Nas had it on, on um, it was written. So I wanted to do a secret track. The secret track is a prelude to Pen. Pen mm. is an idea that a girl should be writing her, her man in jail, but just having a conversation, and, talking to him. And, you- and the prelude is how he got arrested. And that's called the door knocker, where she becomes a door knocker and knocks on people's doors so that her man could come in busting through. Um, and there were a lot of women out there who were door knockers, you know, and just their, that experience. So it's so crazy that you, <laughs> that you picked on Penn. Penn is such a good, Yo, it's, it's, that's, that's a, that's a beast. That's dude, a beast I, record. I mean, I didn't realize it was a hidden track in hindsight. Now that you say it, it makes sense, but we're in the Spotify era. So it's just seven minutes and it just was like, whatever. And listen to it as a single one. But yeah, the whole thing, dude, I, I love your album. I would qualify it under my like modern classic. Like, I, I can't tell you if in 10 years it's going to still be a classic. Cause that's how you really know time passes. Cause yeah. that's how, when you were talking about sales before I'm like, here's the truth about it. Right? Like, when you go back and look at what's amazing, it doesn't really matter what's sold. It's kind of what's interesting still today. And that's the thing is I heard this album, honestly, this week for the first time. Because, again, I'm, I'm kind of doing this in, you know, the week of doing my researches real yeah. quick. And I listen to that and I honestly want to listen to it again. And I, I've heard a lot of music and I don't always feel like that. So in a sincere wow. way, and when I heard your notebook project, my guy, with the fucking cell phone effects, music video shit. I was just sitting there going, wow. And I'm not bullshitting. You can go watch me reacting to it in this video on Twitch after so that you can see how not bullshit. I watched your fucking song album, the the pen thing, for the first time on the stream, right? And I was able to still remember this shit. You have the song with the lady is the second one. You have the really dark track. Then you have the the last one with Vice that was just a beautiful way uh, to like close out the... Pro- Yo, it was, it was brilliant, man. It's just so good. And your bars are sincere. You hear this depth and this range in you. And, in, and modern marketing, 15 minutes, digestible. And you put visuals, which matters to a whole bunch of people and kept it interesting on a low-tech at-home kind of fucking thing. That is what we call... How to fucking do it in this era. You you did it, my guy. I loved it. And then I, I know that, you know, the views might not be there today and now, but we talking because I saw it was. They'll never be there. I don't think I don't think they'll ever I be there. I don't think for you're me. correct, my guy. Cause you are the No, because you know, cause cause even though you like it, it's still a team thing. I I've never had a team and I, I probably never will. See what I'm saying? So at the um um at the end of it all, shout out to Logan. 
Um, used to love your shit, man. You being on over mic, you give so much inspiration. Um, if you don't have a team, you're not going to make it. They don't want to see you without someone else. It's and anyone I'm, anyone I'm involved with now would just be disingenuous towards, it'd just be the art form in that spectrum. I'm a poet, so I'm lately, in the, for the years to come, I'm gonna take more of that stance. And then if this cartoon does what it's supposed to do, I don't see me making projects where the team is there. But I've never, if you look at it, I have thousands of friends, not only followers, but friends, and nobody retweeted the notebook. The, the lines on the notebook are amazing. Like if you, you we could go song for song, high fire the joint with, with, with Jess James, um, the, the joint with the Michael Jackson sample, Ding, 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 feeling in the way. Shit is kind of late, but I'm talking like I know what to say, and it should be right now. Wow, feeling, you know what I mean? Like that, that shit. Um, these are records that can be placed in movies and stuff, and they will be before they'll be accepted by my friends. My friends don't look at me. You're you you're you're a contemporary, like on the outside of it, and you can indulge in it, but when it comes to the the longevity in the game. You're not going to be successful if your friends don't fuck with you. Because the moment everyone comes to you, they're going to go, but you don't even have friends that would tweet your shit. Why would I tweet it? Well, you know what and I so learned? Got I, I, I got I to gotta just kind of that if I can. Check okay, it. Go ahead, Flacco. Because I got one too. I, yeah, yeah. Nah. Um, the, what, what I've learned in the last few years that, well, I've always kind of known and I've always practiced, but like I practice it more than ever now is that I'm trying to be the change that I want to see in the world. And that's not what's going to happen over here. As long as I got air in my lungs, you know what I mean? I'm always going to be yeah, there nah, yeah, And we'll form a little army over here and our own yeah, little I online wish. street team over here and our yeah. own little following over here. And I think that it's all good, baby. I've accepted it. I gotta just, I just gotta like interject a little bit here, man. Cause yo, if you were to like talk to me last year, honestly, I'm like sitting there going, nobody fucks with me. Nobody's talking to me. Nobody likes me. It's I'm like having this feeling like I have no. friends and shit. I don't, I'm not I'm, saying I'm nobody not, likes no, me. No, I'm not saying it like I'm that. I'm not saying nobody I'm likes me. I'm saying it's me. the same kind of feeling though of like nobody has oh. my back like that, right? In that regard. So I'm feeling no, that way. No, I'm not or, saying that, brother. Nobody, wait, wait. Maybe I'm reframing this Let's wrong. get the verbiage right. Let's All get the right. verbiage right. No one knows how to love me. They don't know how okay. to. They think I already have it. So everything that I did from the notebook, I did that in seven days. That's amazing. Everything. See, I do it. So people look at it and go, oh, Albie has it. They don't look at it like, I want, I'm helping. I'm, let's go, Albie. They don't, they don't do that part because they don't think that I need it. But, so it's not that they don't like me or I'm not liked. No, I can't, I can't hear what you're love. saying there. So maybe they don't appreciate parts of it. But what I was going to go with is yeah. this is the internet now. We're in a completely different era. Let's be real. A year yeah. ago, there's a good chance I never would have talked to you just on geography. All right? Like, just on, <laughs> right. just on facts. But here's the thing. You put yourself out sincere. And when I was talking to this young 22-year-old uh, earlier this week about what's cool. What's cool to the youth? You know what You know what they consider the manliest shit ever right now? 
being as sincere and raw about emotions as you're being. That is the manliest shit in the fucking world right now. So effectively, you are an alpha male in the eyes of youth in the way that the world is working right now. I would argue that this next decade is going to be very fucking kind to somebody like you. And you just don't know it yet. And you don't see it yet. But when I look at you, my guy, I'm going, like, I'm a, I'll be fucking back, fan. I'm going to go fucking shout your name out to everybody I know. You know, like, you just maybe didn't meet the people yet. Maybe you didn't meet right. them. The future is, like, forever and shit. Yeah, what up? So when it comes yeah, down man, to it, um, that, that yeah, God be, is good. It, this is our time. You know, um, I'm just way more loyal than, sometimes, you know, it's just, it's sometimes never, you never it's like that, but then you have a, yo, I'm inspired from this conversation. You, you gave me a gift. You knew you were giving me a gift and you gave me that gift, but I appreciate the gift that you gave me on this stream. All right. Like I appreciate it to the depth of what you did, man. You made this so amazing. You didn't have to, awesome. you could have been boring with it. Hey man, we, we, we did our thing on this one, man. Yeah, no, thank you, brother. Thank you. I always oh, say lines for the end. You know what I mean? But I mean, we we you did definitely <clears throat> do the whole life story. But like, you know, like I love no, you to death. No, we got to go you know above and beyond. Did you not see the performance art that the man did in the middle of this? Like nobody's fucking moving around like that, doing this thing natural. <laughs> yeah. Like there were people and commenting like, that, I love how he's yeah, lying like, on the floor. That. Yeah, like know that <laughs> I give you your flowers in private, too. Like when oh, there's do. nobody when there's nobody there and it's just me and Holden, Holden will tell you because he's here. You know what I mean? And I'm like, let me tell yeah, you something. Yeah. My bro, my bro is gonna be a different type of interview. And I was like, get ready. People don't have ready. energy like my bro. They don't have they don't have like the 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 that's why I found when you said Biz Marquee, Bobby Brown, Slick Rick, to me I'm like, it's like it's like when you when you pick in a lock and, and everything finally clicks. And you're like, oh, like, but like, that I'll makes be wild sense to me. That makes I understand, you know, like as as another artist, like I get it, Poppy. You know what I'm saying? So like, when I see it, I'm like, yo. But and you got like, Holden absolutely right. There are a lot of people that they're gonna see this, like, and they're gonna be inspired yo, because like, that's what I think people you gotta, want nowadays. You also gotta like think about how global. How global this is. We have Golden Jenny in Norway who's going to maybe go bring I'll be back to Norway. And now you're over mm -hmm. there. And that's kind of what it is. I mean, listen, yo, you're muted again. I'm sorry. I'll be back. You're muted, Bobby. You're muted. You're muted. You're muted. Yeah. All right. You're good. I thank God for all my blessings. I told you in the beginning of the, of the, podcast, of the podcast that I felt incredibly lucky and gifted. And, you know, I felt you know um blessed um so you know with 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 great blessing comes you know um a, a responsibility to um not only remember that you're blessed but figure out how to distribute your blessings and pour your blessings out of you so that way god could fill you up with new ones so i was able to do that by not being bitter by the people that weren't there or didn't post me or didn't listen oh, to my got, album. We got somebody from Iceland giving you love right now, I just, too. I just feel bad really quick. I just feel bad that I am such in a limelight and that my friends don't know how to approach me. I don't know. I don't know how to do that because Dutch, you, you, you tell them as soon as you sent the song, I sent it back. I'm available. But no one knows. It's like it's almost like they don't want to. 
they don't want to big me up that way. Yeah. They want to keep me on a level of them or whatever, not in a malicious way, but they don't want to look at me like, and I don't want to be looked at like that. I just want to help. So, but in order for us to do that, we got to get me in the door as well. And I really feel like a lot of my contemporaries are New Yorkers that feel like, yeah, right, nigga, we get you in and you're going to leave us. So we just, and that's, that, that's some slave shit that it's not even yeah, that's fault, some so other I'm not shit. even mad it's at. Some other shit that our people got to deal with. Yeah, I'm not even, I'm not even. It's some internalized yeah, other shit that's like, like, you know, a lot and it's much, you know, like, but right. I do, I do, I do agree and understand exactly what you're saying and you're not yeah. wrong it's not it, no, i don't I mean, think it's them so i hear I, I hear what you're saying in terms of a local sense right and i appreciate what you're saying because i think in a sense like i know it, i don't fully relate to your experience but i have my own experiences where there are people in my life who just don't understand what i do even family members right family members don't really understand what i do even though i can explain it up whatever and it doesn't matter you know so I can appreciate what you're saying, but I guess what I'm trying to convey to you is that in this in this new world that we're in, right? In this new world, like we have somebody from Iceland here in Norway, my boy JLB, right? Like he's in Montreal. He's in the chat right now. There's all these people. Sammy C's in Montreal. Montreal. I think DJ Cabin's somewhere interesting too. I might be wrong. So you have people Brooklyn. like... Okay, yeah, it's still interesting. It is what it is. I just saw the name. I just ran with it. Sorry. I don't know. Brooklyn's yeah, still yeah. cool to Keep me. Going. Like, yo, Brooklyn's so go. cool to me. Like, you, like, nah, all Brooklyn of this is, is cool. wild cool. That's it why is. He, Cab- he, Cab- extra points for Albie to beat Brooklyn. Like, he yeah, was is. Brooklyn. You know what I mean? Like, so I guess he what represented. I'm... And Brooklyn didn't. And let me tell you something. If, if, if it wouldn't have been, if it wouldn't have been Brooklyn approved, like, Brooklyn would have trashed him mm. back then. You know, but and that was that was like the birth of really like the modern day internet. You know what I mean? Like they would have, but they didn't. You want to know why? Because it was all it was like it was respectfully. It was good. Everything was a Bronx guy being named Brooklyn was perfectly acceptable. Nobody from Brooklyn was upset. Papi, you, 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 Mike, you, Mike, Albie. I named myself Brooklyn. I was in Brooklyn in. Mm. originally his name was patches and i was like the fuck out of here with that um <laughs> i like the brooklyn man that made no sense i did a canadian movie um i um i'm in it briefly but i coached all the rappers how to um all the actors to how to rap and then i coached all the rappers how to act it was a battle rap movie that came out last year and i produced it i was i'm literally on set working with everyone getting them sharper helping with the lines helping with lyrics and stuff like that um and it was the first youtube movie you to talking, ever be you're talking about bodied right yeah 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 oh my gosh so actually we do really well on the keyword for bodied on youtube for our review of it and people consistently click on that shit click off but i saw that you were in that and i have to tell you that that movie was extremely important for me um, so the fact that you even were involved in that, I wanted to bring it up hopefully at some involved. point. Shoosh. I could tell you stories about body. Oh my gosh. On that set, people people used me as a verb. Like like the the the, the white girl on that set, the, the lead, I feel I forget her name. Oh no, I forget her name, but she was like, Man, I wish I had an Albi. She was like, and then everybody was like, what? Because she's a white girl, right? So you like, <laughs> you wish you had her like, I have. and she's like, no, no, no. Like disaster was there. You can ask them hollow. 
And he was like, she was like, because I was helping Jackie Long, which is one of my best friends. And she was like, I wish I had somebody who is my best friend helping me, even though he's just as good as me. Mm. But putting himself aside to make sure my film is the best it could be. I wish I had an Albi. And then everybody's I like, yeah, it. I got an Albi. My man Derek and like that. Like, you know what I mean? It was like, it was, that's me, man. I'm ready to, I'm I ready mean, to add and, um, you know, to the game, no matter what, no matter if nobody knew I worked on bodies or not. That's yeah, my, like, that's my that project. Movie is so you know? big for me. Cause I didn't understand battle rap at all. Um, at all, at all, at all, at all before bodied. And we watched bodied, right? So one of my patrons forced us to like do a full review for that shit. Right. So the guy like you and Bonnie watched bodied and did a full review that is currently available. And we do really well on the keyword when you look for bodied. So we like, we're right there. We're like right next to the official fucking movie. Most times you search it. So we went through the whole plot of this movie. But here's the thing, man. That movie was like, I, I used to be the protagonist of that movie. Like in all the worst fucking ways possible. Down to his desire to use certain language and find scapegoat ways around it. That movie was big for me. So first of all, I had to like face some demons within myself watching that movie and realize there might still be some shit to work on. But secondarily... I didn't understand half the reasons people did shit in battle rap till I watched that movie. And then when you had your fucking language popping up on screen where it's like an X O's X O and all that shit. And I was like, oh, bars. He's like, it really, really helped me become a better album reviewer. And for the rest of our lives, you made I wouldn't be here today. Probably talking to you with the finesse and everything. If it wasn't for bodied, it was a big part of wow. my growth. So the fact that you created that help me get to a point where I can talk to you, which is a weird kind of cool full circle thing in my opinion. I just want you to know that sometimes like, you know, like your work reaches way fucking farther and has way deeper impacts than you may even know. Yeah, shout out to Kid Twist, Canadian. Um, bunch of Canadians was in that film, Pat Stay. Um, uh, that's why it's a Canadian film. He wrote it, you know, um, even though it was shot in the, in LA as if we were in the Bay. But um, yeah. Shout out to the whole battle rap community. Shout out to, shout out to- Poison Pen's in it, Pen. Shout out to Poison Pen. If you ever want exclusive footage of body, the behind the scenes stuff with me, Pen, everybody running around, I can literally get that to you. No problem. Yes, that would be so fucking cool. Yes, that would be like amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I gotta get going. I, I, I got. I, I really gotta clean this crib. Is, and is, I gotta, it, I is it okay if I just record my outro sound bit so that we can wrap it up for the YouTube video? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it, buddy. Did you right. do? Uh, you know, and then you know, like for future. Um, tomorrow I'm on Clubhouse talking about pun all day. Um, please come and 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 like ask questions or we share stories. Um, about pun, um, I got an album coming out in in two weeks called um, "You Will Say My Name." I will. And um, say your name. man, me we and say your name me, now. We say your name always, baby. Dutch, me and Dutch got three records. I got I got four records that Dutch produced already on there. Um, that's amazing. So. Yo, that encouraged her record. It's crazy, huh, Dutch? I can't wait. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. That's just stupid. And I just want to clarify that I'm not a beat maker. I'm just a producer in the true sense of the word. Like Quincy Jones. Like Quincy Jones. The Latin Quincy. 
the Latin yeah. Quincy. Yeah, I'll yeah. take that. I'll take that. Yeah, so yeah, so two weeks. That's that's dropping. Um, yeah, there's some more Tyler Quali stuff. Um, just because no one's exempt. You know, I'm a Bronx kid, man. I'm I'm really from the Bronx. I'm really from the home of this. And if I if I feel like being a uh 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 you know a mall cop in hip hop, I can. You know, um. I really feel like that. I could really say what I want because I am one of hip hop's sons. So I feel like that. So um, I want to put him in his place. And I want the, the the evolution of the game to get better. I want us to get hungry again. Yeah. And I'm going to show people with my energy that that's where I'm at. So yo, I'll be back. I have to thank you personally for making my life better because there's more people like you. You don't have to be here. You choose to be here, and I appreciate yeah, the bro. gift you gave me again. Thank you. I just want you to know Thank from the bottom so of my heart from that, like, uh, I really do. I think you're incredible, and I will be an advocate of I'll be back moving forward, I promise. Uh, that means the world to me, King, and I, I'm going to show you guys. I'm going to prove to you. And, and everything that you said to me today, you know, I don't, I didn't get, I don't get enough. Um, because if I did, I would have the, the, the feeling I have feel right now, the things that you were saying about songs, makes me want to just really get this fucking studio hooked up really quick because I just took it down last night and start working on some shit. So when artists hear it, you know, don't 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 take it for granted. Like they really sometimes they really do need to hear Yo, man, that shit was amazing. That line was amazing. If you need help with anything and it is within my power to help you, done. Oh man, thank you, brother. Well just listen to the notebook and share it. Um I think it's pretty we, dope. We did um, that. Also got kid also got kid kid on the album. I don't know who that From is. From G. Okay, I'm excited on your. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to I was catch like, what the heck? But yeah, like for real, I'll be back again. Thank you, cause like it's amazing. I know you gotta go. I just want to make sure we get that sound bit in. So yo, thank you for being here with us. It's really amazing. You helped us bridge a lot of gaps, at least for me. And I know a lot of people watching it, which makes us live up to the show's name, which makes everybody still fucking love it, and it makes you incredible. It makes you a hero. You're a hero for doing this, my guy. That's how I feel about Thank you. you. Um, but yo, all the people watching on all the platforms that are out there watching this, fucking incredible. Thank you for being here because you make it a show. Thank you. Knowing people are watching from around the world, let's be real. That's kind of litty, bro. Um, I fucking, uh, yeah, I see what it is. Uh, but that's kind of like, it just makes it so cool. We appreciate you all so very fucking much. So yo, definitely make sure to hit the subscribes and the follows and all that good stuff. So make sure to check out end of the week. If you're on my end, because yo, end of the week, you see them. They're fucking incredible. We're on their zoom without them. This doesn't fucking happen. Okay. Without them, the this, this doesn't happen. Facts. Yo, it's true. Man. Rest Dr. Sammy. Vice versus this all isn't. Vice always with us. Shout out to Bonnie. Shout out to Bonnie too. That's always a big shout out. It's always appropriate (laughs) to shout out Bonnie in my opinion. But yo, thank you again for being here so very much. And yo, live long and fucking prosper, everybody. And uh, I suppose... Can I I, I spit an old verse before I go? Absolutely. Spit a verse and 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 shout your social media and we'll put your social yeah, media. Well, my name is I'll be back. My name is I'll be back. Um, a L B E B A C K everywhere. You know, it's the I'm getting the instant. It's the 21 now. year anniversary of I'll be back. Um, I was I became 21. I became I'll be back 21 years ago, 
And uh, I'd say nobody said welcome home or congratulations. Fuck the movie. I'm talking about the graduation. Mm. Fuck the groupies. I'm talking about my lyrics, Jason. And I ain't fixing air conditioners. I'm singing statements. Fanless, bandless. No garages in the projects. Okay. Only Quanishas and Pregnatashas. Hopefully without the monsters. Break down what? My apartment knows my entendres. Offhand and armless. Tell young nigga, reach for the stars, your wallet. Because Ben Franklin like the holy prophet. When we see him, we're going to bow, honest. And you cannot stop it. College dropout, two words, fuck it. Late registry, middle fingers to Sally Mae, and to whom it may concern, the best jobs go to slaves. America stuck a flag in the moon, so we straight. The universe belongs to the president of the day, and the city belongs to the John Mayer, and the block belongs to the drug dealer God Slayer. You selling keys wasn't benefit for me. It was mommy, where you going? Mommy, mommy, why you leave? I hit the trees and your life pro bono. Rest in peace to my twin. I got to live solo. I'll be back. Yo, that was beautiful. 